Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host, and I took a six-hour drive to get out to the Berkshires from where I live in Maine, and why don't you show everybody that's here. I'm also going to bring in the people that are joining us um, through the internet, and uh, but not Bill. All right, so tonight we have everyone here and that uh, you see, and we're going to go around. Uh, we're going to do like a round-robin type thing. I'm pretty excited uh, about this show here in the Berkshires. And this is going to be a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. <laughs> Sorry, we just had to do that. But anyway, uh, for those of you that get that, and those of you that don't understand, that was Gilligan's Island. I mean, that was a must-see for someone of our vintage. Anyway, we're here at the Warner Homestead. Been 1835. Since 1835. Yes. And, and I, I just want to say thanks for driving all the way down from Maine. Bill, yeah. And, and well, let's introduce ourselves. Tom Warner. And this is uh, coming from my house, the, the Warner Homestead. And I want to thank you all for coming in. It's, uh, it's a treat to have Martin find himself all the way down here and in, in from Maine. Yeah. And... Well, Donna, you're joining us. Yes, I live in the Berkshires, and this is a very intriguing, important story, and I'm glad that people are getting back together after the Unsolved Mysteries piece to... Uh... And I'm Jane Archambo. I lived next door to Tom all my life when we were growing up, and um, yeah, that was part of the movie. We remember you from Netflix. That's so right. thank you for joining us, and we just I'm just going to tell everyone during... Uh, well, just actually, what was it, a half hour ago, we went yeah. out into the field where this really happened, and uh, we filmed out there. So that's going to be part of the, uh, during the break, we're going to show that up uh, as long as that comes through okay. We're still working on that. But uh, so uh, Bill Clark has not showed up, but I will I will show you. We have a couple of other people here, and Mary Saul. Uh, welcome to the show. You are um, you and Mike. I'll bring him in in a second. Are new witnesses, and you are right in the you're right in the wake of the uh, hurricane coming away right now. You're in Sarasota or somewhere in Florida, right? Yes, Sarasota, Florida. And so you're. This is we're going to do like a round robin, as I said here, and this is we're going to have people tell their stories um, and that have actually come forward. I think uh, also Mike. Welcome to the show, Mike. Mike, your mic is off. <laughs> it's on now, Martin. Yeah, for having Welcome. me. Yes, and you are a uh, retired uh, police officer. That is uh, three decades. Yeah, so we're going. We're going to go into all that. Um, I think what I would like to do, though, is we're going to come back and we're going to talk to uh, basically Tom. Uh, we're here at your house again. Thank you very much. And uh, can you? I know about everyone's heard you tell your story many times, but. Enlighten us one more time. This happened right outside the door, right here. Right, literally, right outside the door here. Could throw a stone there. I could throw here, a stone. Absolutely. Uh, shall I go from the, the beginning there, Martin? Or well, what? you know, I'm, I mean, a lot of people know the story. A lot of people know the story. So we might as well just do a quick note. All right. It was it was September first, nineteen sixty nine. It was September first, nineteen sixty nine, and I was uh, over at the Shaw's, over at Jane's sister, doing uh, coloring. And I was just casually coloring and everything. And suddenly I had this mental telepathy to go to the window. And I did. And this mental telepathy told me, you have to go home. And 
I looked at Debbie and I said, Debbie, I have to go home. And she said, why? Is your mother calling you? I said, I, no, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's God from those clouds because I, I didn't know what it was. And I ran out of the room and I ran into the kitchen where, where Graham, Debbie and Jane's uh, grandmother was. And Jane was on the phone and I said, I have to go home. And my look on my face startled them so much that their startled look startled me even more. And I ran out and I, as I was running full speed across the driveway, all of a sudden the, the, the sounds all disappeared. And all of a sudden when I got to this rock, it was like everything went in slow motion. And when I hit the slow, slow motion, I got this feeling to look to my, to look to my left. And when I did, a UFO dropped right out of the sky, which actually looks like the painting that's above your head. And what happened was my hands jerked back. <laughs> my hands jerked back, and the next thing I know, I'm on a UFO. And that's where the story really begins, really. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that We'll further. get that later. Yeah. Jane. And then we were watching him mm -hmm. out, the, out the window, and... It looked like he was just standing at the rock and just running in space, and then all of a sudden he just went, puff, and he was gone. Now, did you actually, did you see the beam of light or not? I did see the beam of light over him, and then he just went, puff, and he was gone. And did the, did the, I, beam, the beam vanish at the same time? No, no, no. Um, I could see the beam. I said to my grandmother, I'm going to run upstairs to the bedroom, your bedroom, and look out the window and see if I can find him. And couldn't see him. Yeah. Um, seven minutes later, I saw him laying on his property facing our house. His head was facing our house. How the hell did he get over there? The beam was still on him, and then all of a sudden the beam just went. Did you, he remembers being like levitated a little bit off the ground. Did you happen to notice that, or were you too far away? I could see him, but it looked like he was sitting this far over the, the ground. So you did and then that. all of a sudden he went boom. Oh. Tommy went boom. <laughs> Tommy went boom. So the next the next morning his mom came over and we couldn't figure it out. But she said that Tommy ran in the house, never ate that night, ran up the stairs and stayed there, and she never saw Tommy until the next morning. And so, okay, Tom, back to you. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll get to you um, online in just a minute. So when this this happened and you ran inside, um, I remember you saying that your parents didn't really want to talk about it much, but your mother did investigate the next day. Is that what I'm she hearing? She did. She did. She went over. She went over to talk to Jane's grandmother. I was over there, and she came over there. And Graham, Graham, and and my mother would often would, would talk, and, and they, they would be pretty open with each other. And I do remember my mother being really upset the next day, and I didn't understand why she was upset. I felt like, did I do something wrong? I, I didn't know. And and she just wouldn't talk about it. No, my grandmother tried to pull it, pull yeah. it out of her. No way. And she, she would not. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. So she stayed for a cup of tea, and then she left abruptly and went back over to yeah. her house. I just remembered that that day when I was over there. Uh, 
I, I just felt out of sorts, you might say. I just, I, I was in shock. You know, of course you're, you're in shock. I mean, you're seeing something that's like, like, not normal. Not, I see too often. And, and I mean, here I'm, I saw things that people just don't see. And, all right. So, enlighten you. No, I'm just wondering. Do you think a Mike would be that next or a Marisol? I would. I would like to. I would like to go to Marisol. Next. Okay, Marisol. Why don't you uh, tell us your your experience? This is that basically the first time you're talking about this, right? Um, in a long time, yeah. So, long time. Um, I'm here, Marisol. In 1969, I was only six years old. I'm sorry. Um, I went, we went to church and we came home early and I took a nap. I went to take a nap and I woke up with this light beaming on me and I tried to focus and I saw this person thing. It had big eyes. He had a white head and his body was dark. And I could hear children crying and it scared me. And um, I wanted to get out. I wanted to get out, I wanted to leave, I didn't, but I couldn't move. All I could move was my head and I, I turned and I, to where I could hear the crying and I couldn't see I could only see like the top of some of the kids has the people and I saw this boy. Now at first I had no idea that that was Tom until after I saw the unsolved mysteries. It hit me like a rock. Um, when I was on this ship, it was really dark, but you could see the walls were kind of like smooth and like they look like a grayish blue color and it had like copy like indentations like cubby holes kind of but very big and it was all along the side um i saw this boy standing there bewildered and his eyes and his eyes i could see that he was kind of confused too but i it gave me a secure feeling when I looked into his eyes, I felt like, okay, I'm okay. He's, he's okay. He's, you know, he's not crying. I'm going to be okay. And then suddenly I was let off this table and I slid down and that's when I saw the wall. I, and as a child, I remember I didn't want to be taken anywhere. So the first thing I did was make myself heavy so that it would let me go. And it put me down. And when it put me down, I felt like something was lifting me towards the wall. And as I'm going towards the wall, I see this girl, a, a lady. To me, it was a lady, but I didn't know it was a young girl. I was only six, but anybody older than me, I thought was a lady. And the expression on her face scared the hell out of me. Now, once I got close, wall the wall held me there i couldn't move it was like this wall would not let me move and then suddenly the light came and i was 
was outside in the backyard, laying on the grass. I, I could see, I could look, but I couldn't move. I was stuck to the ground by this beam of light. And I saw entities with large heads and big eyes walking towards this craft. And I could see this craft was so huge. It was bigger than our house. It was huge. And these two entities beamed up and the beam came off me and I was able to sit up and I was bewildered. I'm trying to figure out why am I outside? You know, I'm outside. And I walked the back door and tried to get into my house, but I couldn't. The door was locked. Now, mind you, wow. I'm only six years old. My parents come from church, and uh, uh, they didn't. I I was never. I would never leave my home or leave the house unattended. I, I was always close to my parents or my, my siblings. Um, I knocked on the door. My mom was shocked to see me outside. I have no idea what time it was. I, I don't know. I was only six. But um, I had to explain to my dad how I got outside. Yeah. And um, so, so let's just uh, also just clear this up as far as... Um, this was Hartford, Connecticut. Is that yes. right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was, and as far as you know, it was 1969 and the same date. Yes. And so, all right. So it's not just the Berkshires UFO, and we're going to be talking with Mike a little more about that in just a minute. But uh, so, how did you deal with this? You know, right after it happened, you said you that you had to explain why you were outside. But let's uh, let's just talk about that, and, and and then I'm going to bring Mike in after. Trying to make sense of it as a little six-year-old, being the daughter of a pastor, the only reference I had was the Bible. Uh -huh. I had never seen a human being or something that looked like these people, and it was I was trying to make sense of it. Um. But I couldn't. I didn't. I did not know what to say. All I said to my dad was, when my mom asked me, "Tell, explain to your dad how you got outside." Was, "Dad, you and mom were correct. Demons are real, and they took me." Whoa. And, uh, my dad got upset. He got upset, and he sent me to my room, and I wasn't allowed to talk about it ever again. But I wasn't treated well after. Um, I was scared to talk about it because of the way I was treated. And I've been holding this for a long time until I saw the unsolved mysteries. And the girl that was left in the park, I don't know her name. And Melanie? Girl, Melanie. Um, yeah, Melanie. Um, her. Um, I saw her. Her face, the expression on her face is the same as it was when she was on that ship. I thought she was, I didn't recognize anybody until the expression on her face and the way they described everything that happened to them. It was like I was reliving it all over again. Even talking about it now gives me that feeling inside of fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't recall them hurting me. Um, 
I just, just the sounds that I was hearing of the children crying and the fear in people, in that girl's face and the fear I felt that I was amongst some monster looking things. To me, they were demons. Um, but I know now that they weren't, you know, they're just other entities. Yeah. Um, it was really hard. Yes, I'm, I mean, for a six-year-old to process something like this is, um, I mean, you're you're looking for explanations because you just had something happen to you that, you know, it is unlike anything that's ever happened um, that you know of. So, uh, yeah, I can't imagine what that's like, how to deal with that and how to process all that. It was, it was, uh, I, 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 I thought... Like, as you grow older, you think, you know, life becomes like a dream. So I thought to myself that maybe it's a dream. You know how when you when you think about your past and things seem like a dream, kind of? Yeah. So I was trying to rationalize it. Maybe, you know, it was a dream. Maybe it really didn't happen until last year that I saw the Unsolved Mysteries about the Berkshires and that just blew my mind. I just started bawling and I called my daughter and I told her, baby, I think I think that what happened to me um, happened to these people too and it's real. It really did happen to me. It so, confirmed it. So until you watched the Unsolved Mysteries, was this always kind of a, like a, like you said, like it, you thought it might have been a dream? Yeah. Or a nightmare type thing. Or a nightmare. Yeah, like a, like a nightmare. And um, now, did you? You said your parents didn't want to talk about it, but did you ever at any point I talk did. about it? I spoke to my 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 mom about it, and my mom said to me that um that she really really didn't understand. Um, she said that I needed to get right with Jesus. Did she remember the you being outside the locked outside? Yeah, she remembers. So she, she remembers me being locked outside. Um, she didn't even know how I got out there. Um, I didn't know how I got out there. All I know is that where I woke up and where they left me outside. I mean, we lived on the second floor on 24 Baltimore Street. It's a two-family home in Hartford, mm -hmm. and um. Um, my mom um, was very, she kept us all very close. So we we weren't allowed, if you did not, if you weren't a member of our church or you did not go to the same denomination that we went to, we weren't allowed to talk to you. Wow. So as far as TV and things of that nature, my parents controlled what we saw, who we talked to, how we dressed, everything. Wow. Well, thank you. We're going to be bringing you in uh, throughout the show, but uh, thank you so much for sharing that. It it seems like it took a lot of courage to do that. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, again, we'll be bringing you right back in. But Tom, um, well, she just said, you know, that she didn't feel like she was never hurt or she didn't feel the threat of being hurt. Is that how you felt as well? Uh, I, I think it was, it, I, I didn't really feel hurt. I just felt like there was something happening, you, you know, like 
I mean, but there were no physical. I I didn't physically feel like I was being like I was being tortured or, or anything. For me, it was more like I I was being allowed to observe what was going on there, and what the unsolved mysteries didn't say was two weeks later, I had a second encounter, and that encounter lasted 45 minutes and i have no idea what happened then but this particular time it was like i was wandering i remember the table that she was referring to i i, I talked about that in, in a number of interviews and i remember the table uh and i remember the wall the wall oh just it just freaks me out I'm talking about i yeah. mean i remember melanie off to my right she was off to my right the first girl was taller I, I glanced, I looked down, and it's like I didn't want to look at anybody else's faces. That's what was scaring the hell out of me was the other kids' faces. And were they all horrified? Horrified. And the next one I didn't even look at. The third child down was Marisol. And, and you recognized it from her child picture. When she sent it, I, I cried. Yeah. 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 Tough. Yeah. Really, yeah. really is tough. I mean, it's hard to talk about because... These things profoundly change you as a human being. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just ask, like, what? Why me? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, at 10 years old, you, you just don't understand it. You, you know, you just like, what's going on? Now, and next thing I know, I'm, yeah. when I'm back down, I'm like. Was it, was it all, as far as you know, was it all children? I did not recall seeing any adults. No adults. I did not see and no adult. Well, well, the oldest one I saw was Melanie. She was an adult. She was yeah, and that happened in sixty nine. Sixty nine, right? So uh, you know, it could have happened to someone, but at this point, they may not be here any longer. You know? Yeah, they might not. But yeah, but I remember the section of that UFO I was in. There might have been other sections, but the section that I was in were children. Yeah, were children. You're in the kids department. I was in the kids department. Jesus. <laughs> All right, I'm going to bring in Mike, uh, Mike Cisneo. Uh, welcome, and thanks so much for joining us. Can you first of all give us your background and 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 what what you observed and everything? Sure, uh, I'm going to take you back to 1969, uh, and I'll give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of background of uh, where we lived. Uh, we lived in uh, a village of Nissaquag on the north shore of eastern Long Island. And uh, my dad was the chief of police, uh, and my mom and the family uh, ran the local marina, and, um, and that's what we did from uh, from May until early October. Um, on Memorial Day, uh, on Labor Day weekend of 1969, on the first of September, uh, and I remembered it very well because. We operated the marina from from Tuesdays to Sundays, uh, and Mondays we were off. But because of the holiday weekend, we were open that Monday on the 1st. Uh, Mom and I closed the marina down, and we lived uh, about a mile away further out uh, on the peninsula of land. And uh, we closed the marina down, and we're heading um, home on a dirt road and right before we turned off to go to our house uh, in our driveway, uh, I looked to my right and I saw this 
large object, um, saucer-shaped, um, uh, with multicolored lights on it, strobing. And uh, it was moving slowly, right? And I told my mom, uh, we were in a old Willie's Jeep, open top. And I told my mom, I said, look, mom, look at that thing. Uh, she stopped the Jeep and we watched it. And as it approached, it was maybe, I'm going to guess, 300 feet uh, above the land surface. And um, uh, it was it was silent. Um, and it went, uh, it went past us over the top of us. And we, uh, we raced down to the bluff cause we lived on the water and we jumped out, ran up to the bluff and we watched it proceed, um, over Long Island sound, um, over towards Connecticut. And, and we watched it uh, for a period of time and then it went, it went out of sight. We couldn't see it any longer. Um, we went back to the house, uh, later on that afternoon, my dad came, uh, and, and we told him about it and he had been working that day, uh, in uniform, uh, and he acknowledged that they had gotten other phone calls, uh, in relation to this object in the sky. Um, obviously, uh, we remembered it, uh, uh, and we talked about it as a family, um, and that was kind of it. Um, I'd I tell the story to other people that I felt comfortable with if the topic came up um, in later years, but I never really expounded on it. Um, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Mike, did, uh, for those of you that can see this. Did it visually look similar to this image at all? I mean, was it anything like that? I'm going to get to that. Okay. All right. That, Martin. So yeah. I'm going to fast forward to the summer of 2020. And um, I had gone to bed um, early, uh, and my wife uh, had stayed up to, uh, to watch some TV. The next morning when I got up, um, she said to me uh, that she had watched this, uh, this program uh, on Netflix about UFOs and this uh, incident that happened in the Berkshires. And, and she said to me, she said, you got to watch it. And I went, yeah, okay. And she said, no, 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 you need to watch this. And I went, yeah, okay. She goes, no, Mike, you need to watch this. And she did not elaborate beyond that, but she was so insistent. So that night uh, we went and we watched the episode. And of course, um, uh, as the episode went on, um, and Tom was a major um, player in that. Uh, and I'm I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. I'm waiting for something to happen. And eventually it did. And the shoe that dropped was when they went into, into Tom's studio and they showed uh, the drawing of the object that had uh, abducted him. And I sat right up in my chair and I told her, I said, that's what I saw. That's exactly the thing that I saw. And she just smiled at me and said, that's why I wanted you to see this. So as a result of that, uh, I thought about it for the rest of that night. And, um, and the next day, uh, I put on my detective shoes again. And um, I made some phone calls uh, and I tracked down 
Tom, uh, I got a cell phone for him and uh, I called him up and I didn't know how he was going to receive it because he had no idea who I was uh, or what I was going to say. But uh, he listened to me and I think I said something like, um, look, I watched the Netflix show uh, and you got to hear what I got to say. Um, I believe you. Uh, and this is the reasons why. So I explained that, uh, that whole story to him. And, but what he drew uh, was a dead ringer for um, what I saw uh, and very similar to that image that, uh, that you showed as well. Yeah, well, well, thank you. I'm just going to pull in the... Uh, there it this is. is. This is the image that you saw. That's basically what it looked like with that. But as far as you remember, um, uh, by the way, I, I had a 1953 Willie, so they're pretty awesome. They don't go very fast, and they're loud, but I loved it. Um, so when you saw this thing, can you give an idea of size-wise how big you think this thing was? It was big. Um I mean, it was not a, um, it was big. I want to say that thing was three or 400 feet across. Um, it was, it was sizable. Wow. Um, you couldn't miss it. I mean, it was, it was huge. And the thing yeah. that struck me was that uh, it was moving slow, but there was no sound. Uh, and we were able to, uh, to race down our driveway uh, a quarter mile to get to the bluff and still see it as it traveled north um, over the sound. And the other thing I did the next morning was um, I wasn't quite sure where um, Tom lived uh, in Great Barrington. So I got on the computer and I, uh, I map quested it and sure as God made little green apples, uh, that track that it took from uh, essentially over the top of our house over towards Connecticut was a, a direct line out of Great Barrington. Um, it was in that direction. Uh, and I remember it very clearly. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, I'm wondering if where Hartford lines up in the in the whole situation. It, um, uh, Marisol can uh, attest to this. Uh, if you remember where uh, where Port Jefferson is uh, on Long Island, Marisol? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's the general area that I lived in, uh, a little bit south of there um, on the bay. But um, it, was, it was heading towards the Bridgeport and uh, Hartford area. Well, that's really something. And... Um... You know, I mean, it, it's it's really when you think of whenever this topic comes up, it's concentrated here in this area, this the greater area right here. But this is really, I mean, as far as I know, this is the first anyone's talked about it happening elsewhere the same night. And we had someone that was supposed to be here tonight that didn't make it. Uh, why don't you? Tell, tell what he was going to say anyway. Yeah, anyway, unfortunately, Bill Clark couldn't show up. Um, the Clarks and I were friends growing up on, on Lake Champlain and a little and a little town of Willsboro. And Willsboro was a peninsula that went out into Lake Champlain. If you think of where Burlington, Vermont is, that's just south of that. If Shelburne Point and the Vermont side, Willsboro Point on the 
New York State side, <clears throat> and we had been we'd go up there for summers year after year after year, and that summer prior to us going prior to us going back, my father had us down at having a campfire, and my father, which my father always told funny stories, but this particular night, my father was very very serious, and he turned around and he said. <clears throat> He started telling a UFO story, and I didn't even know what a UFO was. I didn't even know what he was talking about. But my father's fear on my father's face made me know that he was serious. And he says, if you ever see a UFO, kids, you run. And I'm like, I didn't even know what he was talking about. And the story I told that was um, uh, about a UFO sighting over in Vermont across the lake. And I'm thinking, like, well, that's way over in Vermont. That's, that's all the way on the other side of the lake. And I said, I'm never going to see one of these. And a little two and a half weeks later it was September 1st, and uh, I, I did see it. And so the UFO went from the Berkshires and then went north to where I was on vacation two weeks prior to that. And it went over the Clarks, which was we're sort of like a eh, quarter mile apart, you know. And and the UFO went right over Bill, and Bill was in the beam, and Bill was yelling, take me, take me. And his poor mother was just going berserk, yelling, Billy, you get away from there, you know. And and his sisters were all there. I never heard that story until I was on Coast to Coast the first time. And and his sister, who was in Italy, typed me back a message on, 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 on an email message and said, you have to call me because it happened to us the same night, and that's how I found out. And we were friends for years and years, and we never talked about it. We'd sit on the beach, and we'd be all looking up at the stars, looking you know, for shooting stars, but we never told each other we were looking for UFOs, and we never, never made that connection until uh, we did Coast to Coast. And after that, we, we connected on the whole subject. You know, it was pretty bizarre. Wow. Um, just to let everyone know uh, that's watching live, listening live, uh, we're going to, uh, the last hour of the show, we're going to be taking calls and Bill will be screening. But I will try, I'll actually, if um, you're in chat and you're looking to uh, post a question, just put it in caps if I happen to catch it. It's a little uh, tricky tonight for me doing this, but um, if I happen to catch your question, I will, uh, I'll put it up there for, um, and for one of us to answer. So, um, but I mean, not me, but you can you. answer it. Too. So, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Jane, just let me just ask you this. When this happened, and I know it's kind of awkward to sort of face that way. But when this happened to you, when you saw this happen, um, and this is kind of a question I like to ask everyone. How did it in impact your life? Did you think about it a lot over the years? Or is this something that? No, because nobody talked about it back then. No one. No one. You never heard about it at school. You never heard it from neighbors. Nothing. Um, the night that my grandmother passed away, just before her death, she said to me, and she was reaching up, talking to my grandfather, I'm coming, I'm coming. All of a sudden she said to me, do you remember... September 1st, 1969, I said, Grandma, I remember it vividly. Why? 
It's going to come around. It's going to come to light. And everybody's going to talk about it. Two hours after that, she passed away. Wow. Wow. Nobody talked talked about about that. Nobody talked about it. My grandmother and I never talked about it. Nobody. It was all hush-hush. Nobody talked about it. Wow. But as far as, like, you going through life, was that kind of like... It was always in the back of my mind. Um, I didn't actually harp on it throughout my life. Um, my husband passed away in my house in 2011, and then, then it came to light. And I was like, why didn't anybody talk about this way back when? Yeah. And that was the only time I thought about it all those years. Really? Wow. Really, because my grandmother had died, and she said that to me. And then I questioned myself. Why hadn't anybody talked about it all these years since 69? Yeah. But nobody did. Nobody did. Nobody did. Wow. Well, interesting. I'd actually like to ask, um, ask each of you. I'll start with you, Mike. Um, so you were, you were sort of young when you saw this. About how old were you again? I was 16. So you're 16, and, and what did what type of impact, like moving forward? I mean, first of all, did you try to understand what the heck it was? Did you did the word UFO even come up? And 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 how did it affect your life from here on, from there on out? I understood that it was a a, a very unique experience, uh, and that's the way that I treated it. Um, I think I felt I was fortunate to have seen it. I had heard about um, UFOs when I was growing up. Um, obviously, in that era, you know, there was a lot of uh, space-type shows. Um, and, uh, you know, so I had a interest in it to begin with. Uh, and the fact that uh, I saw one, um, I, my mom was right there to verify it was you know, to me, it was um, it was just a cool thing, uh, and that's the way that uh, I kind of treated it. Um, I would think about it uh, occasionally um, throughout my life. You know, um, I might be outside um, and camping in the summertime or in the fall or outdoors, especially when I was uh, I was working on duty uh, in the late hours. You know, sometimes you just get out of the car. Uh, and you look at the sky, and um, up in Vermont, where um, I moved to and lived uh, and worked, uh, occasionally we'd see the northern lights. So um, at certain times of the year, you know, I'd uh, I'd go to one place in particular where there was very little um, artificial light, and I'd uh, I'd look for the northern lights. Uh, and I think about that that time that that I saw that uh, that object so close. Uh, and so vividly, and um, I don't know, I feel, in a way, I kind of feel like I was blessed. Um, mm-hmm. I will say in the winter of 1970, um, my parents were driving me home from a basketball game. Uh, we had a night game, um, and they came and watched the game, and we're coming home. So it was probably about nine 9.30 at night, and when we got to the stretch of road that leads to our house. Um, it's on a bay. So there are 
isn't any uh, any woods nearby. And I happened to look off to the south out the window, and I saw these six objects up in the sky uh, a distance away. They weren't close. They were off in the distance. And uh, and these things were, were moving in unison uh, very rapidly, uh, climbing, uh, scooting, and then coming back down again and just kind of all over the sky. And uh, I said to my parents, look at that, or I checked that out. Uh, and they stopped the car and they looked at it uh, and they both saw it as well. Um, I had a older brother who was um, a police officer um, and he was on duty that night. And the next time, I think we saw him the next day because it might've been a Saturday game. Uh, and I think he came to the house of the next day for uh, for Sunday dinner with his family. Um, and we mentioned it to him and he said, oh yeah, oh yeah, we got a lot of reports on that, uh, a lot of calls. And, you know, that was the only other incident I've, I've been involved in in my life where I saw something in the sky that I could not explain that I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. How about, I'll ask you that Marisol, the same question just a minute, but I also want to say this. Um, I've listened to in the last couple of days, I've listened to a couple of uh, podcasts on basically the report that has just come out and uh, it's kind of in, in listening to, you know, the skeptical side of it. It's a little tough to hear some of it, but basically a lot of people are just saying, well, the report didn't say it was extraterrestrial. So, and, I, and I'm not necessarily saying it is. I'm saying we don't know what it is, but they're kind of like trying the, the two podcasts I listened. I had a very long ride, as I mentioned earlier today. So I listened to a two hour podcast and another uh, podcast about an hour, basically talking about this um, and, and different, you know, different angles on it. And, um, and, and and they both they both got Roswell completely wrong. They said, and it's it's kind of ironic because they both said as fact that it was a, a mogul balloon, and that was the fact, and they had it all explained. So they didn't do enough deep diving into that to see that that was just one of the five times the uh, the Air Force uh, one of their five stories on on, on on what it was that was found. And I'm not saying 100 percent that it was aliens either. I'm just saying. That's another example. But what I'm getting at through all this blabbing I'm doing here is uh, when when all of you here, um, uh, Tom, you included, Jane, you included, when all of you hear that these people saying, ah, it's nothing, there's nothing to it, huh? I don't know who wants to take it first. Marisol, since you haven't spoke for a little while, um, you got to unmute, but um, how do you take that, when people say that's nothing, it doesn't mean anything. It's it's silly. It's. Um, uh, I just kind of smile and put my head down because um, I can understand. I used to be skeptic. Um, I I didn't believe that these things were real, um, and my parents didn't want me to talk about it when I did speak about it I was punished so I was afraid to talk about it until I got older and um, I started um, reading things about people being abducted and I was afraid for my own children 
Um, so I started letting my children know as soon as they hit first, second grade, because I feel that if my parents had warned me somehow that maybe, or, or, or weren't so closed-minded to listen to me about what was happening or what happened to me, that um, it, it would have made a big difference. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Now I'm going to ask uh, Tom, how does, that, how does that make you feel when you hear that there's people just say there's really nothing to it? Um, you know, I'm not saying everyone is saying that. As a matter of fact, that report kind of shows that there probably is something that they need more funding. But they also are one of the podcasts, for instance, they say, oh, it's our, our technology. I don't think they had that type of technology even now, but they certainly didn't have it in 1969. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, you. You know, one of the things is that, that back to the Bill Clark story, uh, they were investigated by the Plattsburgh Air Force Base the very next day, and they did an extensive report on them, and yet that never showed up in Project Blue Book. So the fact that the government did look into the the, the episodes that night uh, shows that, that they did know about what was going on there. And with Unsolved Mysteries, we, we had – there was chat that they were going to do a second episode on, on the, the, the Air Force – interaction with all the, but they didn't do it. But however, uh, but there was something on Facebook here, not too long yeah, ago. That's true. And, and the, and so Bill was actually, they did check out Bill quite extensively on, on, on that. And, but myself, my reaction to it is when you see something with your own eyes, you know what you've seen, you, you know, you don't have to have someone tell you, 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 you're crazy. You're crazy or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what you saw. And the fact that, you know, here we have Jane, and Jane literally saw me disappear in a UFO beam. And you had Marisol, who witnessed me on that. And we both witnessed seeing Melanie. So it's not like, I mean, we're complete strangers. I mean, we didn't know each other. We're, we're just kids at that time. So, yeah. And, Thanks. and so the, the speed at which that went, there's nothing. There's there. We don't have that technology. You yeah. know, that was witness, eyewitness going across Lake Champlain in a split second. That's just under 22,000 miles an hour going slow. Yeah. Um, now, Jane, I'm going to ask you, you probably, I'm guessing that you really don't pay that much attention to what is going on in the news with UFOs, or do you? I do. Oh, you do? I okay, do. I'm sorry, I took you wrong. Um, <laughs> I do. So, so what do you think about the report then when it came out? And they're, they're... Well, I saw something on Facebook um, here about two weeks ago. And it was about UFOs, so I clicked on it. And they're saying that this pilot was coming across the United... Well, some from another country to the United States. And they reported it in the government dismissed that they saw it mm -hmm. you know and this is what happened you know even if they did this back in 69 that's probably why nobody you know even talked about it at that time right right it um, drives you nuts we have some questions that come up but i uh, just want to keep this rolling and uh, 
Yeah. Uh, and I'll get back to you, Tom. And then we're going to put the questions up there in a second. Thank you for putting those in. And what about you, Mike? I mean, how do you feel? Have you been paying attention to, you know, since 2017, the New York Times article and all this? Or is that, is that any type of fascination to the UFO topic? Um, yeah, yeah, I do pay attention to it. And obviously, there's been other um, other reports of uh, abductions all around the country for a number of years. So I, I'm always interested in it. Um, in the past, if I've related my experience, um, I, and people will, you know, I mean, they respect me, but they kind of look at you and say, well, you know, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, and it, I'll just tell them, look, I understand that, but seeing is believing. So if and when you see one, then you will believe. Uh, and yeah. I have no doubt of their uh, existence. And, you know, I bet my life on it. Yes, um, I, I understand. And um, I'm a person that had a UFO sighting, and so is Donna sitting in this room here. Um, so, um, Jane, here's a question for you, and that is uh, Murray wanted to know, how long was Tom running on the spot, and how far away were you from Tom at the time you saw him? Okay, he ran out of our house. He ran across the driveway, which... And he got to the rock, and it just looked like he was standing at that rock, running in space for about seven minutes. And then all of a sudden, that light came over, well, the light came over him, and that light was there. And it looked like he was just, you know, kind of running in space. And the next thing I know, poof, he was gone. Do, would you say he was 200 feet from you, 100 mm -hmm. feet, or would you would you want to guess how far? I mean, did you what, have about a really? 150? No, 50 feet at most. Across the driveway and yeah. by, by the rock, yes. You know, 50, 60 feet yeah. at most. Yeah. And, wow. Um, and I heard this seven minutes thing, and someone questioned me about that. How do they know it was seven minutes? He was gone for seven minutes, right, or thereabouts? That was an unsolved mystery. Uh, I do remember them saying something about him being gone for seven minutes. Yeah. The light, was, the light came on him as soon as he got to that rock. I saw him look that way, and I was like, what the heck is he looking? And I'm trying to see from the window what he was looking at, and I couldn't see. And then the light came on him, and it was seven minutes from one till we ended up over in his yard, yes. About that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just was wondering about that because I saw that um, during the show. And, Tom, how long did it feel like you were in that? Oh, like half a second <laughs> did it feel really quick? no it, it did it was time the whole thing about time is that you know we have this concept of time you know we're, we're one second 60 there's one second and there's 60 units to one minute and 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 60 minutes to uh, an hour but this literally changed time i i mean it's like it was like second by second was broken down. So one second was just going in slow motion. And and so I was seeing everything and taking all these images in, and yet it felt pretty fast. It's like the second time I had an abduction, it seemed like one second and 45 minutes had gone by. So time is, is, is really hard to describe. But 
you know, I would probably say seven to ten minutes would have been pretty accurate, you know, from what I everything I remember. I wasn't I wasn't up there that long, maybe ten minutes at most. But that was long enough, by the way. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I think we have a little bit of a confusion here. So, uh, Bill, okay, so we're going to run the break coming up in three minutes. I, I thought it was going to be the next hour, but that's fine. We'll run the break here in just a minute, Bill. So uh, I'll be back to you on that in just, in just two minutes. But right now I wanted to put up this um, other question from Mary Grace, who always has interesting questions. Has anyone else in the round robin had repeated experiences of any kind? Who wants to answer that? Well, I guess I'll go. <laughs> well, I, I think we did. We already we, ta- we talked did, about. Did we? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, there, right? was, there was. Well, there was one that happened two weeks after that, and it was definitely it was two weeks to the day, and I was having a catch with my brother, and the ball went back and forth, and the, and I threw the ball, and the ball stopped about fifteen feet, and then it went past me. And as I was running after the ball, actually it was James, James, your brother, and my two brothers, and they're running up and they're yelling, did you see the UFO? It was right over Tommy's head. And I just remember thinking, I, I just, I just go, oh, not again. There was another time you were walking up from the, the river we used to swim in. Right. I don't remember. I was the last one up the hill, so. Right. You were up. Well, Tommy, uh, Billy's house wasn't there at the time. Right. We were walking up through the field, and it was a light over you then, too. See, I don't don't recall that. But I I just, I've had a number of experiences, and the last one was actually, like, uh, I would say about a year ago, which is on Coast to Coast. (laughs) Sorry about your competitor, but you sent me to her. I did. You did. You did send me to Connie, and she's a wonderful... Shout out to Connie Willis, coast to coast. And uh, anyway, and and I told her, I said, I would, went down to Sheffield, and, and my friend, I was bringing a client down to Sheffield to the bridge, where which was where Tom Reed had seen his UFO. The guy goes, I think I saw a UFO. And I said, oh, geez, don't, don't be talking like that. I don't want to, you know, I'm like, I got to drive here. And I left them off, and I didn't think of anything of it. And I'm driving back, and I said, oh, my God, I, I just I saw a UFO. And I'm like, did I? Did I? You know? And I'm like, well, if, if it's going to drop right over me, then I can definitely call up Martin and, and say, Martin, you can't what happened today. And, I, and as I'm coming out on Alford Road, all of a sudden I saw this light, and it was like it was following me. And I had that mental telepathy, just like I did in 1969. And, and I said, if that's you, leave me a sign. And when I pulled into my driveway, there was an orb that was about the size of a grapefruit sitting right outside here on that lilac tree. And I got my camera out, and I, I just click, 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 and I'm looking at this thing, and it moved from the lilac tree right into the house, actually right in back of you, Jane. <laughs> and, and the light came right on the house, and then it started moving forward. And so I took the camera, and I put the camera out in front of me, and I'm just click, 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 and it it went into the snow, forward, 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 and then it went boom, right into me. What'd you feel? Uh, Anything? A, a little adrenaline, you might say. <laughs> you know, I was like, I couldn't believe it, and I, I did feel adrenaline. You know, I don't know if it was just natural adrenaline that an orb. I just took pictures of an orb going into me, but I got the message that they were there, and, <laughs> and so 
I've accepted it. The, what's profoundly changed me about all this is that I asked that question, why Tommy Warner? You know, and in all these things were slowly answered over time. And I had to come to that realization that, that it had meaning. And, and, and what was I going to do with that meaning? And, and I, and I, I realized that by coming forward, I was helping people like Marisol, you, you know, to, to help people like that, that by going out and putting this information out there, there are people out there that can't talk and then they get a voice, someone that will, you know, be okay with it. And, and people, people all over the world have contacted me and, and, and if anybody's out there that needs to talk, you can find me. I listen to anybody. You know, it'd be helpful and, to anyone. And I hear, I hear that a lot at um, people that do talks at conventions. Right. That people come up to them after they talked and they just want to be heard. They just. It's, it's want almost to be like, a, in a way, it's almost like a group therapy. It, it's it's very group therapy. But you, you know, the fact is. I don't know anybody else that's been seen in a UFO beam and disappear in that beam and then be witnessed on the UFO. Not once, but twice. The second time, there was a guy that's in my book. We refer to him as X because he doesn't want to talk anymore, so we just call him X's X-Files, you know. And when I was 13 years old, we were up on Lake Champlain. This is three years after this has happened, keep in mind. And we came off a dock, and I'm swimming in, and this kid's next to me, and he looks at me and goes, you know about UFOs? I'm like, no. He says, yes, you do. I said, no, no. Said, yes, you do. And I looked at him and I said, how would you know that? He goes, because I was on that UFO, and I remember you and your brother. But your brother wasn't on it, was he? Second time. But he doesn't want to talk about it. Mm. No. Which, which I understand. A lot of people, they just don't want to talk about it, you know? But when he mentioned I, I was like, oh. But we named him X for a number of reasons, and, and he's not talking about his experiences because he had experiences that lasted on. Is this the pilot? Uh, no, that was not the pilot. Now I'll tell you the pilot story. Would you like the pilot story too? Sure, yeah. So anyway, so you talk about things continually happening, right? So it did get talked about. It did get talked about. But in small groups. So, but when I was on Lake Champlain, not too many people knew about it. So I was comfortable with that. And I got a call to go over and visit this guy. And he says, you need to do me a favor. You need to go down to the beach. And I said, why? He just said, a buddy of mine's down at the beach. He's going to be down at the beach meeting you. And it's about UFOs. And I said, okay. You know, and I'm like, oh, I, I didn't want to really talk about it, but I went down and I, and and uh, I suppose, you know, this is where my, my respect for vets started coming in, Steve. Steve Bonds is our cameraman. Shout out to Steve. And, and, I, and I went down, and he was in khakis and everything, and he's pacing back and forth. And I could see he was really agitated. And I said, hey, I, I said, I'm Tom. And he says, uh, you uh, believe in UFOs? And I said, yeah, I do. And he says, well, why do you? And then I told him about the September 1st, 1969 thing. And he, and, and he was tearing up. And he says, uh, I said, and you? He says, I was in the United States Air Force. 
and I had a lock on on a UFO. And and when I landed, they were forcing me to sign paperwork to say it wasn't a UFO. And I refused. And they said, you have two choices, sign the paperwork or you're never in the Air Force. And and he said to him, F you. And uh, he figured he'd speak with his commanding officer the next day. And the next day he went to go on base and they didn't even recognize him. And he was so distraught, he was considering suicide until he talked to me and he thanked me. He says, you saved my life. And I said, why? He says, because I was thinking about suicide until I talked to you. And I never talked to him again. It, it sounds, you know, very conspiratorial, but do you think it's all, I mean, any... Conspiratorial sounds, in what way? <laughs> um, that, well, a lot of people see UFOs. I just have never heard. I mean, I'm not doubting your word that he right. said this to you. Right. But I'm just saying that um, a lot of people have seen UFOs, and I've never heard of um, a, a, them actually getting booted out of this. He was booted up? This God yeah. is my witness. Amazing. And, yeah. and, 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 and that's the last time I talked to him. He was 16 years old. In fact, Martin, if you go into the records was, of... Who was 16? What? I was 16. You were 16. Uh-huh. <clears throat> If you go into the records about 19, that would have been 1975, that's when all the sightings up in Maine with, around the Air Force Base were happening. Mm. So oh. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Well, I'm going to continue on with this uh, question. I know, Mike, um, you actually um, said that you had – let me just get you up here. You actually said that you had a sighting in Marisol. I'm going to ask you. But uh, that was it. I mean, not that that wasn't amazing. In the 70s, you had a second sighting. Anything else? Uh, just continuing on with Mary Grace's question. Any other experiences when it comes to UFOs besides that other one? No, um, not personally. Uh, I've talked to people that that um, that have shared with me that they have had sightings and experiences. But one thing I will tell you is that um, after that, uh, and, uh, and still to this day, um, I spend a lot of time looking up in the sky, um, you know, because you just never know. And, uh, uh, and that's something that I acknowledge. Uh, and uh, uh, people have asked me in the past, uh, what are you looking at up there? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm just looking, seeing what's out there to be seen. So, you know, that's one way that it um, – impacted me and uh, my behavior but uh and and with uh, mike with your your background and your clearances that you obviously had to have and things like that um how do you i mean have you ever felt like uncomfortable talking about this i mean is there is there a point like even being on this show does it make you a little nervous or are you feel more confident since a lot of people are talking about these days um I never had a problem ever in talking about it. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a personal experience, uh, and that's just the way that I'm wired. Um, I would talk about it if somebody uh, in conversation, they brought it up, they saw something in the sky, or they related a um, something that they had heard, uh, and I'd tell them about it. But uh, it, isn't, it, it isn't anything that I just – I just threw out there. I mean, uh, I told my wife about it years ago when we began to date, um, which is the reason why. And uh, I described the 
object to her uh, in great detail. And, um, and that's the reason why she was so insistent that uh, I watched the Netflix show because she knew that it was one of the same. Uh, and I had told her that it was, I was Labor Day weekend, 1969. And, uh, it stood out for me because that was, uh, essentially the end of our, of our normal, uh, hours at the marina. So it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really interesting. Um, thank you. And Marisol, um, the same question. Have you had, um, any other experiences or is this, and not that your experience was not one to talk about, but was that the, a one-off, so to speak? Yes. Um, I had, uh, I'm still having things happen. Um, in 1989, um, I lived with uh, my sister in Southington, Connecticut, and um, she lived in this really pretty condo, and one whole wall was out. And um, I was sleeping in her couch. Now, mind you, we had gone out. It was a Friday night. Um, we went out and had a few drinks, came back home, and, you know, I went to bed. Um, she used to date this guy named, we used to call him Pete the Geek. He used to be a, a helicopter pilot for the, the Army. Um, and uh, he used to make it a habit to kind of fly around his helicopter, you know, and just do little cameos above the condo to let my sister know that, you know, he's there watching over her. So I thought it was him. Um, there was no noise. It was just this light um, shining on my face on the couch through that window. So I... You know, opened my eyes. I saw this light. I ignored it and turned away from the light. And um, I found myself on a ship with uh, these entities were nothing like the ones in 1969. Um, they were very tall, very pale, kind of glowing, um, very human-like. Um, it... Uh, it left me wondering um, and freaked out because um, I was fully aware. I was not a little six-year-old girl. I'm now I'm an adult, and these people are standing in front of me. And the shock, shock of seeing some tall person, I mean, he was maybe... Like a basketball eight, seven, eight foot tall, very slender, big blue eyes, very human looking, but the skin, the face, both very pale. Um, and that was, uh, and it wasn't just me. They took my sister too. Um, she won't talk about it. But when that happened to me, um, I went to my mom and I told my mom, I says, mom, it happened again. And, and, uh, I want to know, what do you know? What do you know? And why is this happening? And my mom told me that she wasn't, she wasn't going to be able to elaborate too much about it because, um, she believes in God and that, 
Um, she is aware that there's other entities um, that are not angelic, that are interdimensional kind of angelic. The way she described me was like, it had happened to her, but she won't admit it. Uh, and it's happening still. Um, I have sightings at my house, orbs coming through the walls. My daughter um, and my son experienced it in, um, when we first moved here to Florida. So this has not stopped. So even if I move from Connecticut, I'm here in Florida, it's still happening. And it's happening to my grandbabies. It's happening to my children. And I just, I just want to know why. What is it that they need from us? Well, well, let me ask you this. Um, that's a fake movie. The A lot of people have very similar claims to what you are saying, um, you know, as, as a generational type thing and in a family. I hear this a lot, and I'm just wondering, I'm going to ask you, have you spoken to anyone in particular? Like um, there are uh, places like even MUFON had... Uh, a group that was uh, just talking to what they call experiencers. Have you ever spoken to any anyone about that? Um, I just recently, like about in 2017 is when I started searching on Facebook for other groups of people that have had experiences and um, it's helped me a lot. Um, but I still have that. Uh, I tell my children and my grandchildren, I got my girls here, um, they're constantly seeing orbs go through the walls, um, craft flying above the house. I've got pictures, video. Um, it's, uh, it's weird and scary and I still don't know what's going on. It's happening to me, but I don't know what's going on. Yes. Why are they doing it? Well, there are places to at least talk about it besides Facebook, and I can actually connect you. I'd be happy to. Um, that would be great. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, so this uh, question is for, um, let's see, for Jane. And uh, let's see. Jane, uh, did you subsequently have any dreams related to this incident? Have you ever dream, dreamt about this over the years? I haven't had dreams. I never used to dream. I dream, dream, dreamt one time at five years old. That was totally different. I've had nightmares all my life about it. Have you? All your life about mm -hmm. this? And I just didn't understand. Why did this thing come out of the sky? Why did it come out and take Tommy? Way back then. Um, and I've had nightmares all my life. After we did the film... My nightmare stopped, and I started dreaming again. And that's the difference. I mean, I'd wake up, and if anybody tried to wake me up, I I, I was ready to kill them. <laughs> I need to see this. And I'd, and I'd go berserk, and I'd hit them, and whatever. Don't try to wake me up out of a nightmare, because, uh-uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I've had nightmares all my life because of it. Mm -hmm. But it because, you know, and then after my grandmother said that when she passed away i was like 
until he called me a couple about a month after she passed away, wasn't it? Well, no, 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 no but she it, did. It was she, just before. It was just before. It was just unsolved. Yes, so it was people. from '93 until then. Right. And nightmares never stopped until we did that film. <laughs> they stopped after you did the film. Yes, because then everybody was going to know what happened. So it was no longer a secret. It was no longer hidden from anybody. Yeah. And I think that's why it bothered me so much. Yeah. Because of my history. Yeah. Um I was the only one in my family that had nightmares. So it the secrets out and it sort of like set you free in a way. It did. It did. Mm. It did. Because I really enjoyed doing the film. But that very interesting. To get it out in the open. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um Oh, I see Mike is gone. I, I, I oh, we lost That's Mike. Right. He'll be back. No, I, I did have a um, a question for him, but um, only because uh, I just want to know about witnesses because his events seem pretty pretty big. Um, as far as you know, mm -hmm. Tom, um, all, all the people that have contacted you since Unsolved Mysteries came out? Quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So would you have would you dare say there were probably hundreds of witnesses? Um that's hard to say. No, I don't I, I didn't say hundreds of witnesses, but I'm, with, I'm talking about in general. I'm not in talking, general I'm not talking about being sucked up on the Oh no. As far as people contacting me, there was No, I, I guess let me phrase it. Phrase this way. that again. If Mark. you yeah. <laughs> if you had to guess how many witnesses to this evening that evening yeah well first of all you have to remember you had to be in that location to have seen it so in our neighborhood you you know you, you, you figured jane's family might have seen some and, and not all your family was there it was and just me and graham you and graham and debbie stayed in the other room she didn't sit and then in my family, there was, there was a few. Down the street, a quarter mile from here, lived Jane Green. And her, too bad she... And exactly. her kids, Jane's yeah. Yeah, Green's was, kids, saw it. She was out. And she, and saw, she it. saw it in Stockbridge. Yeah. So it depends where you were. The whole thing where, you know, there might... I mean, it's... Who knows? I mean, no one definitively knew how many actually saw it. But I, I will say this. The whole thing about UFOs continuing. After Unsolved Mystery, a girl that lived up right on the corner, where what they call it, the music box or whatever on the, the music corner. Box, the yeah. music box house. I got contacted by a, a young woman, and she saw a UFO in there in the late 70s. And went right over their house in the late 70s. So it's not like it, they just seem to keep coming in this, this area. I don't know why, you know, but they do. So, yeah, I was, I was going to ask about that, if this is potentially a hot spot. And I know there's some military base right. also. And if there's anything related. Well, you've military, got a military base in Westfield, too. Right, right. The military base is in Westfield. But not, no, wait a minute. There's there's a, a government contractor and makes something here. Well, that, that, was, about that. that was up. Well, it was GE that made. Yeah. Here's the thing. We investigated right, this. So right. yeah. 
looking into doing this research. But you had Santa's Field, too, that they made stuff in Santa's Field, the Carr family. Right. But in Great Barrington, they had the first nuclear components. What it was for, I don't know. That was in Great Barrington. But up in Pittsfield, they made the components for these warheads. I mean, GE was like oh, yes. they were the top mm. military components to this, and that's just up, up the street. What was really interesting is, is that Willsboro, where that came the second time, was they had a missile silo, and it was one of the number one rockets that was supposed to go to Russia. Mm. And so, mm. so there was always that. Were they interested in military? I mean, it's, it's a whole other discussion because when you when you this goes back to you know even in the in the World War II where the, the, these pilots are seeing all this stuff, and so you ask yourself, are they just keeping an eye on on humanity's stupidity? And, and I have to say that in, in a very distinctive way, stupidity, and and so the reason. Why I talk about all these things is because I really think that you, I, I'm like a messenger that I have to tell this stuff. And, and we, in one of many interviews that I've done in documentaries, I said, if we want to, if we want to have humanity and we want to expand upon humanity and go to other planets, we're like, oh, well, we, we made it to Mars. Well, we sent something to Mars. But this technology that's out there is so far advanced from us. And they're like, we're in the Model T and they're, they're driving Maseratis, okay? And we're not even close. And so to get to that point, you have to be in it to win it. And to be in it, we have to preserve the earth and everything. And otherwise, you need time. Time is the, the key element to everything. If, if you don't have time, you're done. So that's simple. Um, there's a lot of people that speculate about nukes and UFOs. And there's like um, Stanton Friedman used to say, the kids found the matches. They found the matches. That's a good expression. They yeah. found the matches. But, you know, my, these memories that were put in me are, are so complex. You know, I mean, it's one thing to say where you, I was on a UFO and, 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 and it's very emotional for me to talk about those issues because, you know, I see the pain. I, when I talk about that, I'm no longer the adult sitting here. I'm the 10 year old child. And so sometimes I cry about it. And Marisol is the same way because you're, you're the child, but then when I back off and I look at all the experiences that I'm being guided through my life to, to do, it's, it's a responsibility. And the responsibility is, is to talk to people about this, these things. And it's like, you know, you can say, Oh, it's all hoo-ha and all that. I've heard all that garbage. I've heard all that garbage, but you know, the most difficult thing I ever talked about Martin is that when we, as human beings, as human beings, right? As human beings, we have, we take in images and every experience is recorded in the mind as senses are, are shown to us, whether it be sight, hearing, feeling, whatever. And we record these, these images and these recordings 
depending on the severity of of the event. September 1st was, of course, recorded in incredible detail. You could probably remember Christmas when you were a kid, and you can and you can recall all that. And it's a movie that's played. Except with me, I have two movies. And the second movie is the movie I really don't talk about. And it's memories that were put in me. So I see another planet. And I have clear vision, just like I'm looking out at that tree or I'm looking over at the movie producer, Steve Bonds over here, Jen kind of do that. I see Martin over here and it's recorded. I have a second movie. And that's the movie I don't talk about. And when you say whatever the experience that happened, was this going all the way back to your childhood or is this more recent? No, it goes back to childhood. It, I mean, all this stuff, September 1st, 1969 is the famous one. You know, I've had experiences my whole life. I mean, at four years old, there was an attempted kidnapping of me at four years old, and they did not look human. I, I remember you talking about that. And yeah. I didn't, they did not look human. And you got and, run over by a car. Yeah, well, that was my father. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I got hit by a car when I was an infant. But I, mean, we have a lot I was of under, underneath oh, it. I remember right, being right, underneath right. it See, looking up. I, I knew I had a lot yeah. of things in common. I wandered out in the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was in their driveway. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you hear about things like that. Right. Um, um, Mike, I just want to pop you in for a second because I want to ask you, um, your mic's on mute as well. Thank you. Um, when you were witnessing this at the marina, um, I believe you said that people were calling in. Do you think there was a lot of witnesses out your your way that actually saw the same thing that night? You know, uh, uh, it's hard to say. Um, when Dad came home, uh, we relayed what we had seen, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got some calls on that from other people. So... Uh, and I tried to um, – I reached out to some law enforcement um, in the area down there uh, to see if uh, if they could research the uh, archives to see if there was uh, if there was radio logs that were, or, or reports that were written. And um, I gave them the date and the time frame as well. So, you know, it was a pretty uh, – it was a narrow uh, – scope to look at um and i couldn't get anybody to uh entertain that uh they couldn't be bothered so um but i remember my dad uh, acknowledging that oh yeah we got some calls on that and i'm not sure that that he uh, that he believed it uh until he heard from us uh, and we were very clear and adamant and the description that, that we gave, uh, it matched what uh, the radio calls that they had gotten uh, or the phone calls that they had gotten in. So um, I tried to find the documentation because uh, Tom and I, oh, I went back and forth on this um, after in subsequent conversations that we had. And um, uh, I just couldn't get anybody to look into it. And I'm not even sure those records still exist. Honestly, yeah. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, when my dad, uh, when he passed away, um, he he had four file cabinets 
uh, of cases over the years that he had worked on, and he had uh, he had notebooks too that that uh, that he retained, um, uh, and he kept notes on. And uh, it's unfortunate, but when he passed, my brothers uh, threw all that stuff away. Uh, they just got rid of it, and um, uh, I would have kept it if I'd been able to get down there in time uh, before they did that. So. You know, lost history. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that happens. It's it's really too bad, but um, it, it would have been really something if that was reported. Like if Project Blue Book did get really involved, I think it dissolved right after that. Uh, it, it was nine, it was in the winter that year. That same. So just a few months later. Yeah. So I think they were already at that point. They were already winding down because they knew the Condon report was going to. Um, you know, make them go away. So, um, but it's really too bad. It was right at the very end of of Project Blue Book that mm -hmm. it, that wasn't. Uh, you know, there may be some files that just haven't been found yet. That's a very, you know, that's a very good possibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for well, that. the interesting thing about it that I'm going to say is that I um, I said before that I spend a lot of time um, you know looking at the stars and at the sky, I would really, um, uh, I would welcome another sighting. Um, I just think it's very interesting. And I've got a question for, uh, for Tom and, uh, 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 Marisol, do either of you have any, um, uh, anxiety over, uh, overseeing, uh, one again or having no, another mm -hmm. uh, encounter, uh, like you did the first time? All right, Marissa, why don't you take that this one for now? No, um, I do not have any anxiety anymore. Um, the first time was more of a shock. The second time was a shock, but I was more able to handle it somewhat better because I was an adult. I was 24 at the time. Um, but uh, it's... I believe it's still happening to a lot of people and it's still going to continue to happen to my grandchildren, other people's grandchildren. And mm -hmm. I'd like to just know why, what's, what is it? Why? Understood. Uh, it's on my uh, yeah. bucket list. It still happens. Um, we still have, I still have, um, craft lying above the house, um, orbs going through the walls. Um, I have, uh, it's, a, it's a lot. You know, uh, another thing, Marisol, is uh, a lot of people also say the same thing that you said, as well as moving. Like, it's kind of like I've always, uh, you know, like if your house is haunted, you want to move the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people have, <laughs> we'll talk to you about your haunted house in a minute. Uh, but we have heard a lot of people say that they have moved and this thing continues and it doesn't matter where you live, which is pretty bizarre. So uh, that is it's, another uh, thing here. I believe that they, they're, they're on a mission and um, they've been doing this to the human population for centuries and um, they're tweaking us. I believe that they're tweaking the human body and um, and we're all kind of like lab rats 
Well, I think a lot of our brains could be tweaked if you want my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Tom, uh, go ahead also along Mike's question about the anxiety. You know, Mike, that's that, that's a that's a good point about anxiety. <laughs> you know, uh, because when you think of these bizarre happenings that happen, you you can't help but not have a little anxiety about it because you, for instance, I came home and there's an orb in my tree, uh, and or or some of these people that I know, like Mariso, you, you know, I'll, mental telepathy, somehow they get connected to me. And, uh, and Katrina, I know you're up in, in Maine, and I know you can hear me right now, and I guarantee she's hearing me right now. Guaranteed. That's another person. Yeah. 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 And, and she had a, an experience out of Stockbridge. So, and I could hear her voice just then. Hmm. So Katrina, hello. So up here, uh, when you, back when you said you had two movies going on yeah. and you didn't want to talk about it, um, someone, uh, David in chat is saying, why not talk about it? Why not talk about it? Well, it's kind of like why we didn't talk about it in the first place that there was a UFO there. Who the hell is going to believe you? And so there were certain people that I could relate to and I could came across my life where they had experiences where they could believe it. And I've had a number of people that said they had similar experiences and, and it's so few people that it, it, I don't know if it does any good. What, what good will it do? You know, other than, than my vision, that vision was for me so that I can turn around and say, as as humanity, this is what we have to do to move on, and and that there are other planets out there far beyond ours, and and the way we get there is is not not through war, not through hate, but through learning of what we have here. How, for instance, we see something. For instance, we see a UFO. Uh, and then we wonder, how the heck is that thing floating up there with no engine, no sound and everything? And how does it go 80,000 miles an hour And when we don't have that technology? And the human brain sits and it says, how? And when, the, when a human says, how, they think. And when they think, that's where science comes in, and that's when we learn. And so the whole process of, of seeing something is so you tell your experience what you saw to someone else, and then, and then perhaps they'll think about it and how it's done. And I'm sure our governments do as we speak. Good, very well. Uh, Marisol mentioned the word earlier. I heard her say um, the possibility of interdimensional, and that's that's another thing that you hear a lot of people speculate. Some people say it's possible reverses and could be that, could be time travel. I mean, there's they're not always saying extraterrestrial, right? Um, alien to us, yes, that's a, that's you can say that definitely. Well, 
you know, when you take, when you start talking about human alien hybrids, they're, they look like just like you and I, only they're not. And so you said, well, where did they come from? Do we know? We don't. And, and I've had these experiences and, and they're so bizarre. There is as, as bizarre as September 1st, 1969. And they've happened. And I, you, you know, I've documented all this stuff. You know, I've documented it because I, I, I wrote my autobiography and, and, and I'm not looking to push it. I don't care. I, I did these things to help other people because I'm sure when you talk about orbs, I've known about orbs back when I, back for years. I mean, I'm like, what is that orb floating in the room? And I, and I remember one time I did a painting, which ended up in the Roswell UFO museum, which was a combination of my experience and Tom Reed's experience. But I put Tom's face on the child because I didn't want to talk about it. And so we showed the painting to a woman over in Egremont and the woman started crying and she wanted to see, see the painting and talk about orbs. And she goes, my daughter saw orbs in her room and an alien was in the corner and she could see the alien. The daughter could see the alien, but the mother couldn't. Mm. And she goes, you confirmed it for me. And, and so people see these things. You know, and why is it that one person can see an alien in the corner and the next person can't? And why do some people have orbs coming? Now, those orbs that I took a picture of, I was fortunate. I had the camera out at that moment. And those those pictures are online, and you've seen those pictures. I mean, how do you – you can't – camera doesn't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I don't know if I had a camera in my hand, if I would think to even take the picture, if I saw something bizarre like that. Well, I, I was so used sh- to it. You're used to it uh, by now. Well, when I came <laughs> home and there's an orb that's sitting like a grapefruit and it's up there and it's bright. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, send me a sign. And and I'm like, OK. And I went click, 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 click. And the thing moved and just when it re- went into me, I thought, oh, my God, I'll tell you. I said, I hope these pictures came out and they did so, but they're online, you know, it's all online. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like the, the human alien hybrid gave me the note in Gug we trust. And if anyone out there knows what in Gug we trust, please just tell Martin. I'd love to know it, you know, but I have the note. I mean, it's not like I didn't have this stuff. I have it. Is it here in the South? Uh, yeah, somewhere, but it's in my book. If you want to see the picture. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Let's see. We have uh, another like 15 minutes before we actually do go into break, but we do. Uh, yeah. But when we do, I'm going to be playing that video that we took earlier. Uh, beautiful uh, uh, setting here. We're going to be uh, bringing that up next, um, and, and right after um, the break, which is coming up in a while. And I'm just looking to see if there's any other uh, questions that have popped up. We are again. We're going to be taking calls uh, coming up. And as far as uh, all right, we were talking about interdimensional that's one of the things and marisol what was what was the reason that you had for bringing that up earlier uh, and what made you um suggest that a possibility um, the reason i suggest that is because um the appearance of these 
some of these entities, um, it's like they're between, I don't know, I don't know how to explain. It's like looking looking through a sheer curtain that you can see through it, but you can't really see everything, but you can make out the silhouette. Um, my mother always spoke about interdimensional beings being um, godly, angels. So I have a feeling that these interdimensional beings that appear um, some kind of guardians, some kind of guardians. They look angelic. They glow. They they don't have wings like the angels that you see, in, you know, in the Bible. Look very human, but glowy, different. Um, very. Um, their physique is very young and new. I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of like they come in and out. Um, like when you're doing some sort of a hologram or something, that you could just pop the, the, the picture in front of someone else's face and change the whole look of the person. Um, these entities have the capability of changing their appearance. They do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. You may want it's stepping over. You're having a little bit of internet issue, so um, they're having storms. Though, so. I know you're having that. Are, are it, has the hurricane hit you yet? <laughs> it's right about there, isn't it? Whoops. I think you're you're muted at this point. Sorry. There you go. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Okay, it's not it's not raining. It stopped raining, but I'm I'm sure it's going to start again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll ask you, Mike, this question. Have you ever entertained anything else besides the possibility that what you saw was extraterrestrial? Did you ever think, well, it could be this, it could be that? No, not at all. Um, and given the size of that um, object, um, you know, the speed that it was moving, which was slow, but... Um, if I remember correctly, that day there wasn't any real wind to speak of. So to think that it was um, a weather balloon or some sort of a device that the weather people would use to, uh, to monitor the weather, no, absolutely not. And, uh, and the, uh, the size of it, the, uh, the rotating lights on it, um, you know, the fact that it made the sound, there was no strings attached to it. Uh, there was no cords. Um, it is what it was. And I have no doubt in my mind that, that it was a, a um, uh, something not of this world uh, and not, uh, not man-made. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the logic you hear, like I mentioned earlier, I had a long ride. And, um, and I was listening to podcasts, mostly on the UIP report that came out a week ago Friday, or was it two weeks, or whatever it was. Um, a lot of them are, are saying in those podcasts, dismissing it, well, it's probably our technology. 
that we just don't know about. But, you know, they never bring up, they're only talking about cases from 2004 to current. They don't talk about what you saw. They don't talk about anything like that. And um, so I think that's a that's a misconception that people are going to get that are looking in from the outside that'll just listen to something like that or hear something on television and and take it as fact and then they're just going to move on and not have an interest yeah in military yeah uh, and how can they uh, explain the uh, the drawings by Aztecs and other ancient ancient peoples of uh, objects in the sky and and creatures that are not human looking uh, like us how can they explain that um, obviously you know way back when there was no uh, there was no weather balloons out there um, how yeah. can they explain that so I, I, I'm studying these phenomena and all the things that that uh, have come out through history and Exploration and, uh, and archaeology. Um, I have no doubt that we've been uh, that we've been visited for you know for thousands of years. Um, why? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe they're interested in us, and you know they want to see how this uh, uh, how this human race is uh, is progressing um, or not. I don't well, know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and, you know, one, in one of the podcasts I've listened to, they were kind of smirking at the fact or thinking it was ridiculous, this ancient thing. But, you know, if you talk to someone like an astrophysicist or someone that really studies these things, they're, they're saying that the odds of our society meeting up with the same society. Yeah. Is that someone's dog needs a dog on uh, no phone or something? That's okay. Um, <laughs> The odds of that society meeting up with a society at the same level is nil. It's like it's non-existent because of, of you know, the development of whatever it is um, for, for it to line up without there being a massive extinction event or whatever it is, is very, very strange. So the fact that they have been visiting for thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years would not be surprising to me in any type of way. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and it's and it's all good. Um, you know, I mean, watch our development and why this the modern UFO era um, because of nuclear. You know, Tom talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. um, and it very well could be um, that maybe you know, look at our technology that we have now. We're going to have the James Webb uh, telescope out there. Um, it's going to be able to see a lot more. Well, someday we're going to have a technology that we're going to be able to see life on other planets. I believe we can get there some way, um, someday, and there'll be no more need for SETI and those uh, type of programs. And, you know, um, that is one of, I couldn't listen to it today, but if anyone wants to look at uh, Big Picture Science just came out with a podcast, and it's all about debunking the report and about um, – uh, Mick West is on there, and a lot of people are cringing. I'm getting a lot of email, by the way, but a lot of people have uh, listened to that today. And, and um, so, one of the things I do want to say to you in particular, Mike, and, and also to Tom, is when I had my UFO sighting, it was nothing spectacular like either one of you had. Nothing at all compared, no comparison at all. But the thing that really 
was the most eerie thing to me that I couldn't get over was the no sound thing. How could it have no sound and move like it just did? That just blew me away. And I, I just wanted to hear your feedback, either one of you on that. Well, that's the first thing I, that, that caught my attention was uh, the fact that once I ran across the driveway, like back then there was September, you'd have these September crickets. The crickets in New England are very, yeah, yeah. very loud. loud. They're very loud. And all of a sudden, there was no noise. I mean, it was like like every noise got sucked out. And uh, Tom Reed said the same thing. I mean, there was no yeah. noise. Like yeah. no crickets, no noise. You couldn't even hear anything. No air moving, nothing. You could hear nothing. And and I was like, I was like that shocked me. That really did, you, you know, the fact that, that there was no noise. And this, when it moved, the spacecraft moved, it just rose slowly. It didn't make any noise. There was no noise at all. And, but, you know, you were talking about you, you, this government report comes out, right? And they said, well, it may be other people's technology. Do you know why that is so stupid? Do you know why it's so stupid? I'll tell you why it's so stupid. Do you think if China had the the capability of these UFOs that they wouldn't literally kick our ass overnight? You got another thing coming. There's no way. No one has that technology. Well, that's supposedly one of the reasons for the report. Now the investigation. Right. Now now here's here's I'm gonna tell you a quick story here. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. I I happen to come across, and, and I'm not mentioning names or anything, but I did meet someone whose whose father was studied. He was an investigator for Project Blue Book. Hmm. Okay, and he sat his girls down, and he says UFOs are real, human alien hybrids are real, and all this business is real. And and they told me that, but they clammed up after that. They didn't interview after that. You know, so we have X and then we have Z and then we have the girls and they don't, they don't want to talk. And I, and you can't blame anybody because there's a distrust. You know, I, I talk in my, my book about, you know, and, I, and, and I'm not plugging my book here, by the way, but I, I, I'm saying the conversation I had with a, uh, you might say, mafia leader he was, you know, and his fear wasn't his fear. He sat me down and he talked and he says his fear was not senators, congressmen, president. He said it was part of the government and he was referring to the men in black. Hmm. And, and you can say, Oh, that doesn't exist. It does exist. I'm sorry. It, it just does. I mean, I think you told me about this, that this was someone, you know, that said that there, there was, Right, it was real, and you know, and and so you can go into the UFO history where they do, you, you know, these the government studied mind control. They, you know, and it started up in Montreal. I can't in recall. The 70s, yeah, late right, 60s, and I 70s. can't remember yeah. every every program that they did was top secret and was named, and I actually forget the, the names of the the top secret ones. You can find them out anyway. But it was all about the one thing that they wanted to know was children with mental telepathy. How does that 
happen where kids could have mental telepathy. And almost all these people who've come forward and spoken to me privately all talk about mental telepathy. Like I talked before about my friend, I mentioned Katrina, because they had the, she had it in high school and we, we, we would be back and forth in conversations in the class. And I'm, I'm being like, well, that was bizarre. And it wasn't until we were adults and unsolved mysteries came out that we talked about it. But this mental telepathy, this ability that comes out, and I know people are out there going to go like, oh, yeah, show me, show me. It's always the show me, show me. But, but I can't, it, it's not something that happens all the time, but it does happen because personally, I don't want to be thinking about it all the time. It, it, it consumes your life. You, you know, you, you don't want to be thinking about UFOs all the time. I mean, I, I have a normal life. I'm an artist and poet and, you know, after Bonds makes his movies, I, I hope to be <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you, Tom. Uh, let's see. Uh, so we have, uh, we have about five more minutes or so uh, before we go into chat. And, again, we're going to be taking calls. Um, let's see. I believe, did I ask that question you wanted me to ask? It was about, okay. So I believe it was, do you have, do you want to just say the question? It's right there. It's in my pocket, so just say it. Uh, I, do you have... Sense of presence? Yeah, oh, the know. sense of presence yes. before an event happens? That's yeah. it, sorry, I just couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, actually... If you're talking about sense as far as like a UFO event or, or these uh, events that I would see before they happen, yeah, I, I do. And it, it really, it scares the hell out of me, really. I mean. Scares me too. Yeah. You know, and, and Jane, you've experienced it before. I believed it when I died in 2009 from an asthma attack. Right. So, wait, uh, you had like a near-death experience type of thing? I actually died from an asthma attack. I remember going to BMC. I had chest pain, couldn't breathe. Um, then I ended I ended up signing myself out of BMC. I went down to 20 minutes after I got home by ambulance to Fairview Hospital in Great Barrington. I had a heart monitor on. I had everything on. Um I took that off, and I told him I couldn't breathe. I call it in, call it in, call it in. I remember getting in the ambulance, and I don't remember a damn thing from there until I woke up at Bay State, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, where the hell am I? I said, I am not at Fairview Hospital. And they come in and ask me how long I'd had asthma. I had it for five freaking years. And I ended up dying because the doctor was treating me for something I didn't have. And all I did was all the way down, I remember talking to God. And I woke up and I told those doctors, uh-uh, God was with me in the, when I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And they, and I was, I was talking to God. I was at the pearly gates. He sent me back to the United States. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
You talk about scared? I didn't know I had asthma. They were treating me for chronic bronchitis, but I did not have asthma for five years and kept calling that doctor and saying, the meds aren't working. I can't breathe. My husband would call him in the hotel. Interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, and then he told me that day. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling him, but it is. <laughs> I see into the future and I see when people are going to die before they actually die. If I tell them, and I did tell my grandmother that one day that her nephew wasn't going to call her that day on her birthday because he was born on her birthday. And she said, he always calls me on my birthday. Well, she got the newspaper and she says, how did you know that before you came downstairs? I saw it, Grandma, up here. I saw it up here. She could never figure. They sent me to therapy. They tried to hypnotize me and I couldn't tell them what happened. Hmm. They didn't get no information off of me. But God told me that he was sending me back and I would see people to die and what year they're going to die, how old they were going to be, and what year they're going to die. Don't tell me. Don't yeah, tell I don't me. I'm not, I don't tell anybody. No, said, no, no, no. Because, no, 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 no. because it scared know. me that um, when I told Graham about Eddie that morning, she got the newspaper and he died. And I told her exactly. I said, they were drunk last night. They were down on Route 7. I said, and um, they hit the guardrail. Eddie's head went off. I said, and then she got the paper with all the pictures in it. And sure as not, that's exactly what happened. And she, I, she didn't know it until she got the paper in the morning. But I knew it the night before. James, you're spooky. Yeah, sure. um, all right. So, well, it's time for us to go and to break, everyone. So I'm going to play this clip that we played earlier right yeah, here okay. um, that'll show uh, the incident. So uh, when it happened, Tom's going to explain that. So we'll be back in about two and a half minutes. If you're over at KGRA Radio, hang on there. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Tell me when you want me to start recording. Uh, and go. You did a good job with it. Martin. <laughs> anyway, we're going to have to stop. Hold it. Jane, we're recording. Hold it. Tell me when to start again. And action. Martin, thanks for coming anyway. Yeah. So this was the exact spot where, where the actually happened. And I had been running from this house here. And I was running and I was actually running full speed. And all of a sudden I wasn't moving. And but everything. Wait, I just want to ask you, did you feel when you weren't moving? Yes. You, what so, happened was it felt all all the sounds disappeared, like like there was no sound, and everything went in slow motion, and my body slowly got the feeling like something was off to my left. And when I did, I turned like this, and my hands jerked back, and a beam came on me. And when it did, the light was on me, and all of a sudden, hands jerked back, and it's like when you're underwater and you suck for that first gulp of air and, and then I was on the UFO like in an instant did, did, when you were is this basically this where it happened the, yeah, yeah it's right lined here. up right at this spot right here it's right here very close within five feet yeah 
So, and, and then where did you land when point over? On the opposite side. Back then, back then there was there was no there was no barns over here. But so, but so Mel's the last her, she saw you. It was back further because it was almost even with that tree. All right, so back because further. Because with the driveways they got now, it was back further because Grandma right. only had oh, a small so driveway. Oh, so it's a little, it's uh, little So different. it was back, back, back yeah. a little but bit further. Five here. feet. We're five feet, you know? <laughs> anyway. But when it put me down, it put me down at the other end of the property. Yeah. And I was laying flat. And I'm not going to lay flat. Yeah, you're going to get I'm wet. Not, I'm yeah. not. I'm not on wet yeah. ground. I'm not going to do that. And and it was, I was like a foot off the ground, laying out flat. And I landed. And then the beam was on me. And my brother yelled for me, run, Tommy, run. And I, I couldn't move. Yeah. And I said, I can't move. Wow. And that was it. Um, all right. So I think we had about a three-minute break. Three minutes. I don't, I don't we here alone? Am I here alone? All right, stand by. We're coming back. I'm live. Coming back in three, two, one, go. Hey. All right, everyone. Welcome back. This is Martin Willis, and I just got to move some things around here. I am back, and uh, <laughs> I see you, Mike. Um, hey, Mike. So, uh, so Mike, go, moving on, uh, we'll, we'll get the rest of the people here back in a minute. But moving on um, through your profession, you said, I believe you said something along the lines where you, you kind of, it's kind of a saying I say at the end of every show, keep your eyes to the sky. Um, has that... Like, is that is that like your mantra? Like, is, I mean, for me, every I can't go outside anymore ever since I had my sighting without looking up. Um, most people are looking at their cell phones today. But um, or is that something that you've uh, always done since that happened at 16? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, you know, and again, you know, for me, it was a uh, positive experience. Um, you know, there wasn't anything... It was exciting, um, interesting. And, um, you know, uh, I know what I saw uh, on September 1st. I know what we saw, um, you know, the following winter. Uh, it was probably January or February. Uh, it was cold out. I know that. Um, it was winter time, And, uh, you know, to see it again, I just think would be very interesting. So, uh, and I'm, I'm curious anyways. I'm always um, looking around and I'm checking my six anyway. So um, it's just what I do. You know, I try to be very observant. And and we live in a 360-degree um, world um, mm-hmm. in a sphere that is, you know, it's not only on level ground, but it's also up and down. So... That's right. Yeah. No, no, I find it, I, I find it um, interesting that, um, you know, when someone has this type of experience that can't be explained, um, you know, everyone reacts differently. Um, I have a friend that he's on the Antiques Roadshow, and he said he had the most amazing sighting, one of the most amazing sightings I've seen. He, there was no, like, abduction or anything like that. But he said he could care less. And it kind of baffles me because 
I don't know how anyone could go through what any of you people have gone through and it not profoundly change you. You know, I mean, I, I just can't. And then also at the same time to have to um, hear, you know, skeptics say there's absolutely nothing to this. That must be a very hard thing to deal with. Before we, um, anyone wants to talk about anything that I just said, I want to let everyone know the number is up. Bill is standing by. That number is 855-472-5483. We're taking calls um, throughout this next hour. So if you have a question, please do call in. So any thoughts on what I just rambled about? Were you paying attention? What's that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I've given this a lot of thought. R really? That. You know, I really have. Because in the... Since Unsolved Mysteries came out, you, you know, it, it it went to number one in the world in, in less than 12 hours. So you knew a lot of people watched it. And a lot of people understood it. Right. And, and so... And probably you're out there, but never came to right, light. Right, right. And, and, and the, whole, the whole thing about... So many people seeing it, and, and you know, I was I was told that you know that I would be a focal point on the whole thing, and I didn't mind it. And and everyone comes out, and some people don't. You can tell they're like, yeah, yeah, right, right, buddy. But a lot of people, I don't get a lot of that. I get more nods of you know understanding it, and and then I I've just been just thinking, what does all this mean? I mean. You sit and you say, well, why Tommy Warner? I mean, think about and, that. And, and for the longest time, you and I have talked about this, for the longest time, I thought this was a Tom Reed story. I had no idea well, because that anyone else had anything to do I with it. I had no intention of ever telling this story, ever. <laughs> I know what story and, you're going to tell. And, and it came out slow. It, it really came out slow. You know, first there was... You know, Tom was doing this, and and how I met Tom was through a friend, and she actually invited me to go to her property because I had done a painting, which was of of psychic nature, and she wanted me to go. And then and and I said, well, I don't know, maybe it's because I had a close encounter with a UFO, and 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 she goes, well, when was it? I said. September 1969. She goes, do you know when? I said, yes, yeah, September 1st, 1969. And she goes, my friend Tom Reed had one at the same time. Well, you know, we went to school. I, I went to school with Tom at Monument Mountain. His brother went up there as well. You, you know, they, yes, they left Sheffield. They felt disgraced and they left Sheffield, but they moved to Great Barrington, which was six miles. But I never hung out with Tom Reed. I didn't know his story. But as time went on, there were stories that were being told among campfires, you might say. And and this whole 1969 thing came up, you know? And, and so he wasn't the only one. It was being told as that, but that's all right. But, you know, Tom, you know, Tom came forward, and it was great that he came forward and told his story. It really was. I'm very happy he did. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I've heard, you know, I've heard Tom's uh, story way back. Right. And, um, you know, I even had him on my show, you know, years ago, thinking that that he was the only his family was the only witness 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's all I knew. And no. um, but no, I, I, until I watched Unsolved Mysteries myself. And how did you feel when you saw Unsolved Mysteries? What was your reaction? I, well, I'll tell you, this is my reaction. I have, I rarely ever watch something more than once, and I watched that episode three times, and then I got a hold of you. Right. And then, um, but speaking of that, and um, we do have a caller on the line. I'm going to get to him in just a minute. Mike, I just want to ask you this question because it occurred to me. Um, what would have happened? What would you have done if you were never able to find Tom Warner's phone number? Were you planning on trying to reach any one of these people up in this area? Um, yeah, failure was not an option. Uh, I was going to get to the bottom of it, and my uh, my motivation was to um, uh, affirm um, uh, what he had had seen. Um, that I had seen the same thing, and uh, I knew that uh, I knew that his story uh, was credible. Uh, in my mind, it was credible because of that. Uh, the picture that he drew was exactly what I saw. So um, I just wanted to lend him my support and tell him, hey, I believe you, um, and this is the reason why. So, uh, and it, it morphed from there. You know, it just developed into uh, a long-distance friendship, uh, and we stay in contact with one another. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's excellent. So we have uh, we have a caller. We have uh, John from Long Island. Welcome to the show, John. Okay. How are you? Yep. Hi. Hi. Good. Thanks for the call. And by the way, the lines are open. The number's up on the screen. Do you have a question for anyone in particular? Well, yeah, I'd like to uh, ask uh, Mike. I, yeah. I'm on Long Island. I grew up on the North Shore. And he's talking about uh, Nessaquag. Very polluted area up there. Very nice. I'm asking him if he remembers, was there a uh, a beach up there we used to go to called Short Beach. Does he remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. That was on the western uh, end of the uh, shore um, in Smithtown Bay. There was Short Beach, uh, and then there was a bunch of private beach. Uh, and as you headed east, it, you came to Long Beach. Uh, and then uh, beyond that, right, further to the east was what was known then as uh, as Little Africa Beach, and that's where the marina was, uh, and it's now called uh, Schubert Beach, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, well, do you remember the, the stone then in the, in the water, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. Almost hit a couple of times on my dad's boat. Yeah, because if I tried it, you come up. Then you can walk to it alone, but... When you saw your UFO, mm-hmm. I assume there wouldn't be any people in your area that would see it because uh, I'm not too sure what time did you say it was that you saw it? The uh, From start to finish was probably no more than five minutes. Um, and it came from, the direction that it came from was no, I just had one. sort of from uh, St. James through Head of the Harbor uh, and then over the point. Are you familiar with the point that I lived on at the end of East, East Long Beach Road? 
Long Beach Road, I remember. Yeah, we used to take that down. Um, and yeah, I grew up in James. Yeah, there's a peninsula. Um, yeah. And then there's a, a channel on the other side of the channel uh, at Stony Brook Harbor. So uh, 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 we lived on that uh, on that peninsula of land um, on Smithtown. Yeah, would, there wouldn't be too many witnesses there. You'd be one of the few because I remember there were very few houses in that area. Uh, especially, uh, especially at that point in time. Um, you know, the point... I was curious what time you actually saw the UFO. Uh, it was after we closed the marina, so I want to say that it was probably six thirty, seven o'clock, somewhere in there. Um, it was still uh, it was still light out, uh, and if I remember right, it was a little bit um, hazy that day, and um, yeah. it was hot too. I remember I was very hot, abnormally hot, and uh, where we lived down there, there was a a back um, a parallel road to uh, Beach Plum Lane, and there was summer cottages on there, and um, a few of those people were still there, and they hadn't they hadn't left, but a lot of them had left. And other than us down there at that point in time, um, uh, my uncle lived there. Um, our house, um, I'm not sure. I don't think my uh, my sister had built her house next to ours yet. But, uh, yeah, there wasn't a lot of people down there, and there was not a lot of people out on the water either because when we, uh, we got to the bluff, there was virtually no um, boats in sight out on Smithtown Bay. Yeah, Smithtown Bay, yeah. I used to go up there too. Um my next question is for everybody. It has to do with the, the realization that you can actually say to anybody you speak to who's listening to you and believe you, could you say to them, I know for a fact that there's something going on that is unusual and unexplainable? Definitely. There's something going on unusual. I know for a fact. I, I think that, that everyone here, it seems, uh, in in this room as well, I think could pretty much say that there's, uh, we all, I think we all have the same feeling. And uh, I really thank you very much for the call, John. Um, and uh, we're going to bring in Bill. Bill had actually has a question. Or, or you wanted to say something, right, Bill? Yeah, actually, I want to say great show with all the participants going on right now. Um, and a special hello to Tom Warner. But I just want to talk to Mike a bit. Um, I grew up going to Mount Talk every year since I was practically born. Sure. In 1999, or it could have been 2000, I was on the beach um, in town on the ocean. And I was fishing, and I seen something absolutely incredible over the ocean, uh, different colored lights. It was a clear night. There's not no aurora borealis. It was absolutely stunning. Um, I was with my mom and a few other people. Mom actually ran to the hotel room because she was scared. Um, I had another individual who lived in a house past the dunes, and he said, did you see that? I mean, I've been living here 20 years. I've never seen anything like that in my life. 
But my question to you is, Long Island does have a lot of sightings. Were you familiar or did you hear any of the stories that may have emanated from Mount Talk, um, Camp Hero, the Mount Talk Project, all that stuff that was going on up there? Um, no. Um, I left the island um, and uh, I moved to Vermont in 71. I went to college there and I, I pretty much stayed there for um, up until – 2010 when we moved to South Carolina. So I kind of lost touch of that. Uh, I did spend some time out at Montauk. Um, uh, my brother-in-law had a, um, um, a sport fishing boat out there and I'd come down on vacation and we'd go out on his boat, um, out to the Canyon actually and run about 125 offshore to, uh, fish. Um, I never saw anything out there at night, um, but there was a storm that we ran into one day that was uh, it was pretty uh, uh, intense when we were well offshore, and um, it was a micro storm. But the uh, the colors that uh, it generated was uh, it wasn't anything like I'd ever seen before or since, and that would have happened probably about one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but leading up to this show, uh, I did a little bit of research and, and scouting on the internet to see uh, whatever uh, and what other uh, sightings there ha- had been on the island. And uh, there was a tremendous amount. There has been a abnormal uh, amount as far as I'm concerned. And I think I think that New York and Long Island is probably in the top five or six in the country as far as sightings go. I would suggest you going to Chris Garitano's uh, YouTube site. Um, he did the Montauk Chronicles, and he has an outtake of a fisherman that seen lights over the ocean when he was out there, um, out off Montauk Point. And he's describing the same thing I was describing seeing off the beach at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it does seem like there is a lot of activity. I don't know if this is tied to the past uh, military activity that happened, Camp Hero. Plus, there were, there's a couple of facilities that were supposedly connected to what they were doing in Mount Oak Point at Camp Hero. Um, but that's all speculation. You know, there's no actual evidence that that ex- actually was going on. But now I want to ask Tom Warner my final question. And to everybody that's in that room, how has the community embraced all the attention that it has garnered since the Unsolved Mysteries episode? Because I know what it's like in Sheffield. Um, how is it in Great Barrington? How is that whole community dealing with this attention now? Uh, you're asking that? That's really interesting, you know. I, I... You know, one of the local uh, distilleries came up. There, I, I'm seeing it in advertising, actually. So I, I think that some of the businesses uh, have been trying to uh, oh, they're capitalizing a, a little capital capitalizing, and, and that's okay. Berkshire beer? Well, no, it's actually it's actually a whiskey, actually. And, <laughs> and then there was, um, and I, I'm seeing it in ads. You know, so. Before I, no I did one, too. Yeah, in, they, in they different ads. Yeah, they they don't necessarily. You know, oh, we're not promoting it or anything, but then it will show up in ads and everything. 
you know, it's okay. You know, I mean, I get grief because I wrote a book. You know, what the heck, yeah. you know, I, I did it to help others, but you know, they did it to promote their product. I mean, I mean, it has gained attention. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, when 40 million people see the town of Great Barrington, you know, it does draw interest and, and people want to know, you know, I have people go by my house constantly and they'll slow and they'll point and, and they'll, they'll wave yeah. and, yeah. It's I saw right. someone wait earlier. Yeah. Um, so, one final question, Martin, because I, I got to get ready to take your callers. You how, better. How do all, <laughs> how do all of you deal with September first every year? What do you do? Anything special? Well, you were on my show September first. I was on your show on September first. That's how I dealt with. It. I went and talked to my therapist, Martin Willis. Here, <laughs> you know, that's right. Yeah. No, well, I don't know about the others, but. You know, September 1st, uh, you, you know, I think about it all the time. I mean, we had a party on the 50th anniversary, Bill. I, you can hear me. And and we had a party and we had Jane was there and, and we had Melanie and we had all these people around. And some of our neighbors, I invited them. And, and the next day he says, well, you, your party looked really great. I said, well, why didn't you come? He says, you know, with all you people that were there on September 1st, 1969, he says, if the UFOs were going to come back, that was the night. And we wanted to watch it from across the street. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, were you serious? He goes, oh, yeah, the UFO, we're going to watch you all get beamed up and go, and we are going to write a book about it, he said. You know, it's funny. It's like, of course, they're not going to follow our calendar. Yeah, right. But still. Um, there are some sightings that actually did happen that I've heard about. I don't know if any of you in this room know what I'm talking about, that on an anniversary it happened again, which was one of them was a, like a week anniversary or something right. like that. I mean, yeah, so you never know. Maybe they are watching the calendar. Well, why don't you come back for September 1st? And, uh, Bill, if we're beamed out of here, you might as well come out of here with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, Bill, get back to work. Thank you. On Thank you, September Bill. 1st. Since that day, <laughs> really? Have you? Have you really? I've never yeah. celebrated September first. Yeah, I refuse to celebrate September first. Well, you came that one day. That was good. Yeah. That day I did because of you. Right. Um. But other than that, that was the only time I ever celebrated September first. Right. Well, uh, because uh, about you know nobody talking about it, and everybody hush hush. Yeah. If yeah, you tried to say anything, um. I just said, well, then I just won't celebrate September 1st anymore. Hey, Tom. I'm 16 years old. So, I mean, I have my right mind. I'm not talking about it. Were you saying um, something, Mike? Mike? I want some of that whiskey. Hey, Mike, buddy, listen, I promised you, if there's everybody in my witness here, I'm going to get you a bottle, buddy. Okay. 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 We'll, we'll talk about that. Make sure I, I get it. I make sure I get that sent down to you, buddy. I'll be going north in September, so so we might be able to link up. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we 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 tried to get. Um, I hope it's okay if I talk about this, but we tried to get Jane Green here. We did, and unfortunately, she couldn't make it because she had she, a little bit of a. Almost, well, she 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 almost she, fell. Well, she fell. almost fell on uneven ground, and her back was bothering her. So back Jane was bothering her. She couldn't make it, and but she really wanted, wanted to go. And she really wanted to come here. And yeah. unfortunately, that was going to be our special uh, guest announcement that we weren't able to make. But I do want to tell you this, and I'm not sure if 
either one of you saw this, but there's a body language panel that did a research on her. Right. Did you happen to see that? I did. Wasn't that amazing? I, I did, and yeah. they did they they interviewed they did one on Tom too, and the guy. Oh, that's right, and Tom directly. And Tom, and Tom directly. directly, yes. And the and the guy says the guy I want to talk to is the guy in the hat, meaning me. Yeah. yeah. They never contacted me, so I. Yeah, but again, you know, I mean, obviously, um, it was nice to see that that uh, Tom and. Her both pass all the body language things of telling the truth or not. Right, right. So that's, that's I I don't have any problem. I mean, it was what it was, you know. Right. Now I'm going to ask this question, Marisol. I'm going to start with you. Um, have you ever considered um, regression to try to get to what? Yes, what I have. I would I would love to have regression, um, but I don't know who to contact or anything about that but i'd like to have that done yes so um some people say they have fear of that and um so but i uh thank you and uh that that can actually be arranged um you know i can talk to you offline about that at some other point just because of uh people people i know that do that but what is your thoughts on that tom do you know this is where it's really funny because my brother would say to me, you know, Tommy, you need to do that hypnosis stuff. And I always said, look, I remember enough. I mean, how much do I want to remember? Really? How much detail do I want to remember? But, okay, if it was me, you and I are different. Okay, go ahead. But I'd want to know, like, what the heck? I want to know every little thing. Every little detail? I would want to know You want thing. every little detail. Okay. And that's only if you can be hypnotized, because right. I can't be hypnotized. Oh, right, but being on they, that UFO. They did it once, and I've never been hypnotized again. Right. But being on Even that UFO, tried. some of the things, it, it comes out It comes out when I'll have dreams sometimes, and I'll remember more than I ever talk on any of these programs. No, you know you're setting yourself up. Someone's going to put in chat, well... We'll Let's go ahead and talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's you know, come in there. You, um, you know, I know, I, I, and I'm sure is out there asking probing questions. You, you know, <laughs> it's like, you mean like probing, probing questions. questions. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, I what, why on earth would you want to know anything like that? If, you, you know, if they're taking. But let me ask you this. Bus, did you, you know? did you ever feel, um, you know, Marisol, do, do you really want to? Do you want a really headline headliner? Do you really want one? Um, do we want one? Everyone's kind of doing. I don't know. Um, we're all ears because if we uh, if I said no, then um, I would get lots of hate mail. I have a scar where I shouldn't have a scar, and that's all I'm going to say. Well, can you just be more specific and say when that happened? When I, in 1969. 1969. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So. Interesting. So, you, you know, we always joke there's other Tommies out in the universe, you know? And, and that's it. It's no big deal. You know, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to take specimens of people. You know, 
don't don't beat around the bush. That's all it is. You know, you go to a doctor office. What do they do? They take your blood. Now, but you don't remember in particular. You don't remember. No, being I don't. At a re- table. I don't remember that. I don't think it happened the first time. I think it happened the second time. Mm. And the, and you were asking the question about hypnosis. And and do I want to do I want to know every detail that how that happened? No, yeah. I don't. But, I know that but, it happened because you know you you go like yeah you know you find out you know your own body you know Marisol. You said that you slid off a table. Do you remember any more than that? Um, I just remember that when I slid off this table, it was definitely part of whatever this ship was. Um, it didn't. It didn't have any bolts. It was just seamless, like it all blended together. Um, uh, the levitating feeling when I was trying to stay down underneath the table part, um, I felt the levitation, my body being lifted, kind of like dragged, but not dragged, but floating. And to that, the side walls to where those big, huge, I don't know. I call them cubby holes mm-hmm. because they looked kind of like, you know, when you have an egg carton and and it has all the little little holes to put all the eggs in. Yeah. But more like a flat space against the wall with cubby holes, where all the children were inside these cubby holes, and I and I was I was in the cubby hole and. Once you're in the cubby hole, you can't move. It, it won't. You have. You can't move. And then. Uh, and then uh, the light that comes, and then I'm outside. Tom, Tom has a question for you. Okay, Marisol. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hi. You, hey. Uh, you. I remember you as the third child down on my lap. Melanie was probably a little up from you if you were if you were looking out that window uh, of from when you're behind that glass or whatever that held you in yeah. there Molly would have been just off to your right am I correct yes and there was a there was another girl like two down from you and she was taller is that correct she looked extremely tall yeah yes and, well, I was 26, so. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I mean, I was 10, so, but she appeared tall to me. So, but I remember you as the third child down on the left hand and left hand side. And this wall was like this, it, it was clear, but it was like a foggy, like clear. And, and all the kids were along that wall. You know, uh, yeah. as I say, Tom Reed on my show talked about that wall. And I, I, I remember that is is yeah. Is he said it was like a, almost like, like glass, a glass wall. Yes, yeah. it's like it's like it's like melted glass. Like a, yeah. I don't know how, like rock. You 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 can't see through it, but almost. Amazing. Um, I gotta ask. Um, I'll start with you, Marisol. Is did you do you remember any 
like noises or smells? I know that sounds strange, but did anything come to mind or was it hard to breathe? I remember the the children crying. I the, the the sound of the children crying scared me. It terrified me because some of the children weren't just crying. They were kind of like in pain. It sounded like scary, terrifying. I was scared. I was just scared. And uh, when I when I when I was able to focus, once I opened my eyes and I realized that I'm not in my bed and I was able to focus from the light that was shining, it was like something coming from up above down to my face. And when I when I focused and I got to see the features of the entities that were there, um, it was so shocking that I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, I was terrified when I looked, when I, when I looked and I saw this person thing, I, the first reaction was to try to um, fight, you know, fight, get out of there. But I couldn't, I tried, but I couldn't, my hands just, came back down. I had no control except for when I started hearing the kids crying and I moved my eyes and I saw I saw the boy's face and his eyes. His eyes were he was kind of bewildered and that was Tom. Uh he was kind of like I don't know how, how when a child is kind of lost but you know they're still trying to figure out if they are lost. And it, his eyes just made me feel calm because I didn't, he wasn't crying. He, he didn't have that look of terror that the other girl had. I mean, she, the look in her face scared me so much. Um, the, I called her the lady. I didn't know that she was only 14 at the time or 15, but to me, she was a, a lady. And I didn't know that it was her until the Unsolved Mystery. The expression that she made on that show was the same expression she had on that ship. And she was crouched down and she was terrified. I mean, just the look in her face alone scared me. can't hear anything. I I'm sorry, that was me. I had my oh. mic muted. Uh, I'm telling everyone to unmute the mic and it was me after all. Brett, uh, you're on the line from Tennessee. Welcome to the show. Hey there. Great show, Martin. And thanks everybody for sharing your stories. Uh, this question is basically for everybody. Um, it's just something I curious to know because a lot of people who have these encounters typically have a more positive experience or you know have any kind of fear subdued did anybody have any kind of dark uh, dark feelings about these uh entities or you know if you looked at them and said you know there's something i don't trust 
about you guys. Okay, who wants to take that one? I was terrified on my first because I was only six years old, and and to see some something like that um, that does it looks kind of human. It has a head, it has eyes, it has a mouth, it has a, it has a nose, but it does not look human at all. It's it was quite shocking and scary for me. Yeah, and go ahead. I, I, I was going to ask Myron's uh, Tom, Tom also, even though we have a hang on caller, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, Marisol. Uh, now, when after this happened, I went in my garage and I, I as you know, I did um, I did drawings. Of course, I'm a lot better artist now than I was at 10 years old. But the overall sketch, sketches that I did, what, how close was I to what you saw? You were quite accurate. You were very, very accurate. Well, you know, I just found these out. You, you know, I was, I just found them again last fall when I went to rebuild my house and I, my garage, and I, I was actually quite shocked to see them and stuff. And it brought me back to that night. My father actually covered them up with the, with the um, tongue and groove paneling. So I was really surprised when I saw them, and you know, and and, and I did send them to Mary so so just to see her reaction. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. And, uh, he, he really, he really, the, the whole, the eyes and the way he did the head, very accurate. Brett, 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 I'm sorry. Continue on. Oh no, no, that's it. I just, uh, that's, uh, you answer my questions. I thank you again. Thanks a lot. All right, so uh, I'm seeing Mike, but I don't think that's a mic on the line. So the lines are open, and that's uh, 855-472-5483. Bill is standing by. Um, so you got your question answered. Now I want to pull up um, because someone was asking about the orb, and I think I got the pictures here. No, that I can't see any. I must have the wrong. Oh, okay. You can just barely see it over the rooftop, right? Sorry? The orb? The, the orb, orb? The orb, if you went uh, without so, without the... I know you can't see it. This might be a separate occasion. I sent them the blue. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, okay. So the orb, without, you know, Connie is not related to... Connie Willis is not related to you. Right. Uh, but if you went on coast to coast, those those pictures are on, you don't mind, I say go coast, no, no, Google, no. Google coast to coast, uh, Tom Warner and those images oh, will be on there. All right, I'll put those in the show notes. Yeah, you'll be, too. But, but those orbs were clear as can be, they, they were probably, uh, I don't know, they were probably 10 feet off the ground, I was within 25 feet of the first one when I saw it, and, and then of course it went right into me, so that was. So here's a question point. from R&R. I like that rest and relaxation. Right. Has anyone experienced heightened psychic abilities after this type of contact? My soul. Um, I'd say that uh, yes. Um, I. Oh, I want to speak. To have Katrina on. I was um, when I had my second, my second abduction when I was twenty-five. I um. I was given something to drink by this tall, glowing entity. Um, I was thirsty. 
um, obviously the night, the night before um, this happened to me, my sister and I had been out drinking. Um, we were drinking, I was 24, she's 21. Um, at the night we went home, I, the sensitivity came, took me out of the living room and I was hungover <laughs> and thirsty. So I said to the entity, I'm thirsty and I want some water. And I guess he wasn't moving fast enough for me. And I kind of yelled it out again, where's my water? I'm thirsty, may I have some water? And he gave me something to drink. It was a small a vial of something. And once I drank that, my thirst was completely gone, but um, something else started happening and I started hearing other voices around me, but I couldn't see the other entities until a few seconds later, the drink kicked in pretty good. I, it, it didn't make me feel intoxicated, but it heightened up my my awareness. Um, I could hear people's thoughts even after that happened and they left. Um, I knew who was calling. Um, I would go, I, I, went, I even went to a doctor because I thought I was having a, a schizophrenia or something because they say that people have to have schizophrenia, um, hear voices and things like that. So I wanted to make sure I'm okay. You know, I'm not hearing voices. I'm not going crazy. I'm not losing my mind. And um, I wasn't losing my mind and I wasn't going crazy. Whatever they gave me to drink heightened my ability to um, hear people's thoughts. Um, uh, I have a, a prophetic, prophet, prophetic dreams, uh, visions of things to that happen um, or have happened. Um, but the telepathy thing was um, I can actually hear people's thoughts. That was very disturbing. I did not know how to cope with that. I. I really thought I was losing my mind. Um, I went and I sought psychiatric help. Um, and uh, yeah. Wow, interesting. Well, in a way, I almost want to try some of that, but I'm not really sure if I dare to. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's interesting. Um, so we have uh, we have Katrina, Tom. Katrina calling from the state of Maine. And uh, that's yeah, where I drove down from today. Yeah. Uh, Katrina, welcome to the show. Katrina. Katrina. Are you there, Katrina? Bill. Bill. Put Katrina on. Katrina. Are you, are you, for a minute. <laughs> you Hi, Katrina. Thank you. Hi. Hi, dear. Are, are you calling from a Campbell's soup can? What What is that phone I'm hearing? I can't hear you. Try again. Oh, you can't. I have a terrible connection. Yeah, I can hear you now. She's up in Maine. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to mentally telepathy you. Hi, dear. Hi. <laughs> be a lot easier than the stupid phone. <laughs> but I want to thank you for doing this. Um, my, my dad was taken um, at that same date, and... He was. 
my sister was taken, and, and I was taken shortly. Wow. Um, and uh, obviously, you've talked to Tom about this. Yes, I have. So, so yeah. let me ask you this. Where, and you're saying this happened the same evening, and where where was it at the time? Was it Stockbridge? Yes, in Stockbridge, but we're not too close to Tom. We're up by um, uh, Bullard Woods. And what happened was uh, some kind of a UFO, it wasn't as big as what they're talking about, crashed into the woods in Bullard Woods, hmm. and it left an impression, a round impression, that nothing would grow in for years. And then um, there was an area that they mowed down that went towards the houses that the children and my dad would, were taken right to our house. So, um, so, so are you saying, was, I'm, I'm sorry, it, it sounded like you just said taken to your house. You're saying taken from your house? Yeah, we were uh, we were abducted. Yeah. And uh, how and and how how did your family deal with that? I mean, what? Let's hear more details if we could about that. At the time, no one talked about it, and it was on the local radio station. People calling in and calling in because there were a lot of sightings. And um, my mother turned off the radio. She, mm. she was afraid. Yeah. yeah. What is Katrina, I have a question for you. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. So going back, you have this mental telepathy because we we understand it goes back and forth between you and I at different times. And I, and I'll send you a message that, yeah, I, I heard you and everything. Did that happen after your UFO experience or was this something that do you feel that was born, that you were born with or that it developed after your experiences with the UFO? I never even thought that it came from the UFO. Um, but it, it didn't show up until later. I was very young. I was born in 1960. Oh, it was, I was eight years old at the time. Right. So I wouldn't even think about mental telepathy at that age. Yeah. But later on, I could see things happening that were going to upset me. Mm -hmm. And I would know already. So I think it was taking care of me so that I wasn't so scared. I'm just, I'm just glad to be connected to you, just so you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom is the delivery man. <laughs> He's the one who brings it out for everyone, which is so brave. Even now, no one wants to talk about it. But Not too often. About it. He, as he got older. He would talk about it. He loved the technology. They uh, they showed him the aliens showed him their technology, and he was a mechanical engineer. 
So he just thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> wow. Katrina, did your father, he worked for GE, is that correct? Yes, he did, yes. Yeah. So he would have been part of some of those uh, governmental uh, things that we don't hear about. Am I correct? Well, he worked for, um, they got NASA contracts, so he right. worked uh, for trajectories. Yeah, which was pretty open at that time because it was NASA. Right. So he would have been the person. He would have been a good person to abduct, really, when you think about it. <laughs> oh, he just loved it. <laughs> it wasn't a scary. It wasn't scary at all. Right. No, no. And my sister thought it was the greatest thing going because they were. They told her she was being the queen of some planet or something. And for me, they kicked me out because I was too young. And they popped me out, and I had to find my way back home. And I had to knock on my front door to get back in. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't so scary, but I think it wasn't so scary because my dad would talk about it. Well, and that's the difference I hear. And her. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the difference you hear about a lot is that no one wants to talk about it. We heard it here tonight many times. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that, that is a problem. Katrina, thank you so much. I feel like I'd like to talk to you more. I live in Maine, too. I drove down here. Um, so maybe Tom can connect us. It would be interesting to talk a little. Um, but we have yeah. a couple of callers waiting, and we're running out of time, so i got to grab these two other calls. But thanks so much for your call. Thanks, Katrina. Take care. Yep. Take care. All right, we have Garth calling from California. Garth, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hi. Um, I, Welcome. Uh, a, Go ahead. Thank you all for doing this. Oh, hi. Um, okay, I didn't stop. Sorry. First of all, thank you all for doing this. I think it's very exciting that this subject is getting some traction now. Yeah. And um, I'm wondering if, I know that you guys were very young when this happened, but in retrospect, do you have some sort of uh, idea of what the aliens' agenda is? Do you think it's a study program and uh, possibly that they're trying to help us with the uh, nuclear problem? Well, I've looked at I've looked at that for many years and, and had you, you know it was posed the question and 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 I think it's to make us aware of our technology can only advance if we take care of the planet that we're on. So I'm going to strongly suggest to humanity to, to make sure that they're taking care of this planet because we can't advance and you can't be in it. You can't, if you're not going to win it, you can't be in it. And time is what we need. And, and time is taking care of this planet. And we, we have to turn it around and turn it around soon. Well, as uh, many people have said, you know, there the other encounters this is one of the things that they feel right. like this planet has to be taken care of. Right. Uh, anyone else want to address that question? No? We can. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Garth. I really appreciate the call. That was, uh, that was a good thank question. You thank you. Thank you. All right. Next, we have uh, Hugo. And where is Hugo calling? From New York City. Hi. Uh, yes, Hugo. Hello. How are you guys? Um, yeah, nice to hear from all of you. But I have a question for all of you. Um, I'm sorry if, 
if you can ask that question before, but do you feel that you got chosen for anything special after all the years that you feel like a, like you got chosen for anything in, that you feel that you're special, that you're a... No. Um, you're saying no, Marisol? Not, no. Not in particular? No, what, what I, don't, I don't feel special or anything about it. I mean, I'm... It's something that happens to not only me, but other people. So, no, I'm not special. Yeah. And what about you, Tom? Uh, I would say... You said messenger. why me? Why me? You yeah, why I, me. I did. I did. And, and uh, I really think it's, it's, it's really... It's to, to help other people. And, and I'm not afraid of that. And after Unsolved Mysteries, I've gotten calls all over the world. And, and it's yeah. helped out tremendously to be vocal and to speak the truth on all these subjects. You, you know, you get a platform to speak. And on that platform to speak, you have to say what you want as your platform. And the platform is is taking care of the earth. And, and, and it, it, I'm okay with that. You know, I know I talked about this before, but I think that if I were sitting in any one of your shoes tonight and had such a dramatic experience, I would be so angry at the debunkers and skeptics just because you can't convince anyone to know what you know. You know, Forrest Gump said stupid is and stupid does, but stupid questions are about the same. I mean, you can't. Look at, and, and I, I looked at this, how many stars, how many planets, uh, what are the odds? And the odds say uh, there is life out there. I mean, I call those other people flat earthers, you know, because once upon a time, everybody thought the earth was flat. They still do. Some and people. some really <laughs> do to this but day. It's not. <laughs> and and it's, it's like, it's, it's ridiculous to think like that. I mean, just look out at the stars and, uh, and what's beyond those stars. Oh yeah, that was the name of the book. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Love that answer. Yeah. Hugo, thank you very much for the call. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank Good night. You. So we only have. Um, I can't believe this. We have three minutes left. Three minutes left. Bill yeah. must have a question. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, we're we're all good. Uh, Mike, um, I really want to thank well both of you for for joining. Um, you know, from far away, it's been it's been really very amazing, and uh, uh, and I also want to thank um, you, Mike, in particular because of your background, having such a solid background, and you're not being afraid to talk about this. That that's really uh, it's helpful to a lot of people when someone like you comes forward. And 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 uh, thank you for your uh, you know your test testimony, basically. And, Go ahead. Yeah, you're welcome. And and um, I I I should never be uh, afraid of the truth. Uh, and yeah, in the state police, we had a a saying. You know, um, if you do something or say something, you know, what's the worst they can do to you? Right, send you to an outpost or not promote you. So um, I, I'm kind yeah. of beyond that at this point in time. And um, I, I know what we saw those nights and. Um, I have, I have no doubt that that there are others out there, and that we uh, we are being visited on a regular basis. 
uh, and sometimes we don't even know that we are. So, yeah, I believe I I think what you're saying is an absolute truth too. So thank you so much. I'm going to be dropping everyone off a little at time here because we only got a couple minutes. So thanks again. Thanks, Mike. Thank, thank you. Now you. Yeah, you're all welcome. All right. Thank Take you. care. And Marisol, thank you so much. And I hope you make it through the storm okay. And uh, I'm going to have, uh, I do believe I do have your email address. So uh, we'll stay in touch and I'll uh, try to help you with some of the things we talked about. Whoops, you're on mute. I can almost read your lips. <laughs> That'd be you great. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, so you take care. You as well. Bye, right. Tom. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye. Good night. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So here we are. Uh, Tom, I want to thank you. We only have a minute left. I want to thank you for being so gracious and making me a sandwich and everything. I, I, so. I'm so happy <laughs> that you drove down all the way from Maine. It was hey, my pleasure. Hey, and no matter. James, thank you. And You're very you, welcome. Jane. And uh, we were going to have this outside, but um, I don't know if you heard the thunder earlier, but it just didn't work out that way. But it all worked out uh, well enough. And so I want to thank everyone so much. We'll be back next week with Paul Kirsch. And uh, at the same time, only a, a normal, uh, you know, two-hour show. So thanks so much. And thank you, Bill, for everything. And remember, everyone, to keep your eyes to the sky.